It's going good. I'm taking a uh, which clue character are you quiz real quick. Oh, you did <laughs> yeah. not share this quiz with me. No, yeah, I'm seeing my result and then I'll send it to you. Hmm. Okay. Sorry. You who who do you want? I'm curious. I think I want who everyone should want. Which is who? Wouldn't you want to be Wadsworth? Okay, I, I'm curious. You know, I mean, I feel like different people might have different answers to that. Um, what would your answer be? I can think of like three different people I might want to be. Such as? Uh, well, why don't we take the quiz first and find out? Sounds good. Turn off your phone. Yeah, turn my phone. Those across the room. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's my number? It's classic, like Buzzfeed. Uh, are you Bullshit. recording already? Of course, I'm yeah. Recording. Excellent. Because it's like, uh, what's your favorite musical? And it's like, I don't know. Two thirds of these. <laughs> oh, what do you got? Send me the link. God damn it. Oh, I just tweeted it. Sorry. Oh, you tweeted it? Oh, yeah, that was okay. the quickest, fastest. Hmm. All right. Which clue character am I? I'll bet these are some some nonsense questions. What's your yeah. libation? Oh, that's an easy one. Yeah. <laughs> What's your favorite musical? How is Singing in the Rain not on this? I know, right? What the fuck? Hmm. Uh, I don't know what to answer for this. I guess I'll go with Fan of the Opera. Gunshot. What do you do? Hmm. Pretend to be dead. I like that. That's obviously a Mr. Body, though. Mm-hmm. What's your alibi? Hmm. You're only allowed to watch one sport for the rest of your life. Which one is it? One of these questions is pick a sex in the city love interest. God damn it, BuzzFeed. How? Okay, you're only allowed to watch one sport for the rest of your life. How is there not even like basketball on this? Like fucking cricket <laughs> is on here. Yeah. Well, it's like I wonder which way cricket's leaning. <laughs> Cricket and rugby and swimming are on here, but not basketball. Based on these questions, I, I'm already protesting whatever my response or yeah. my answer would be. You're going to get like Miss Peacock. Oh, God damn it. See, apocalypse, and you can have one weapon. Oh, that's tempting. See, gun. Like, do you have bullets for the gun? And how many bullets do you have? What the fuck? Oh, this is. Oh, uh... uh, did you get uh, you got mustard, didn't you? No, I didn't get mustard. Oh, did you get Mr. Body? No, I wish. Mr. Body would be kind of you know good, good shoe wear, I guess. All right, well, don't tell me yet. I think I'm almost done. Okay. Uh, what do I want? I think a baseball bat for the apocalypse. Really? Right? I mean, because again, you're going to run out bullets, but. There's one answer that I can't believe you're you're sidestepping there. And that question? Yeah. Uh, my win? Yeah, come on. Yeah. I mean, I already had that, though. Oh. You know. Okay. Yeah. Can't take that away from you. <laughs> What Gatorade flavor is your favorite? As if they even mean anything. I guess I'll choose blue. Pick a sex in the city love interest. I don't know who the fuck these people are. One of these guys kind of looks like Willem Dafoe, though. Man, there's some... There's the guy some, in the middle? Yeah. There's some serious gremlins here. Like, mm-hmm, who are mm-hmm. these people? Uh, well, look, the guy in the top left. Who's fucking that Morlock? Yeah. What a gross well, The dude uh, center right. Like That guy looks like he's 50. Oh, yeah. I think he was in the movie. Didn't we see the first movie together? No, we did not. No, I've never seen those movies. You're a fucking liar. I'm not lying about that. I would remember if we went to see Sex and City together. Huh. Maybe I went with Benjamin Light. Yeah, maybe. Oh, okay. Well, who did you get? I got you, bet. (laughs) So did I. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, okay. I'm attractive, but I'm also incredibly clever. Well, obviously. I'm scared. All of you is the murderer. Yeah. That was your French accent, huh? 
show me up. <laughs> that kind of sounded like um like the priest in uh what's it called? Um Princess Bride. <laughs> <laughs> Married. <laughs> we we would not. I cannot do French accent and then I get into attempt. Really? Yeah, really. I would think you have that in your back pocket. French? No. Yeah. I, I took two years of French, but uh, see don't remember any. I took a year of French. Mm. I was also president of the French club in high school. All right. Well, uh, shall we begin the pod? Yeah, let's might as well start. Hello and welcome to Headcanon. I'm James. And I'm Marco Sparks. Hi, James. How are you? I'm fine. How are you, Marco? <laughs> I'm fine. So how's Spider-Man? We're just going to jump right into Spider-Man, huh? No, no. You spent 36 hours Spider-Manning it, so. Oh, more than that by now. Yeah, Spider-Man is great. It's fun. It's um, It's got a lot of the usual open world bullshit in it where you're like running around collecting things, but I feel like they make it fun. Like just swinging around the city is fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like I barely ever fast travel in the game, even though you can. Um, I've, and I feel like it's. It's a big world, but it's not like ma- so massive that like it just feels like homework. You know, like mm-hmm. I'm I think I'm like 80 per- 81% of the way through the game right now. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm moving along. It'll probably be like a total commitment of maybe 40 hours. That's not too shabby. Like I don't want to have to commit like 100 hours to these things. No, that's that's nerdler. Yeah. Um, Which like I finished Horizon Zero Dawn, the main game, and it was fun and all. But like it was just it was a slog in parts, just like running around, having to do this, do that. So. Mary Jane's like a reporter and you're trying to fuck her the whole time. Is that well, what I understand to be correct? In the storyline, you broke up like six oh. months ago. You had a big fight and you haven't talked since then, but then you run into her, you know, in the about of the, the game. Spider-Manning. Uh, you know, it just a uh, big fight. Okay. Big fight. Cool. Bad, bad things happen. And mm-hmm. uh, then, yeah, you're just, you run into her and you're kind of like trying to feel that out and get back together through. I, I appreciate that part of the storyline. It's fun. Like at one point you're like, you're like, Hey, maybe I can uh, sleep over at your place. Cause I got evicted. And then he's like, ah, I don't know if I should ask that, you know, is it one of those things where it's like press a to like ask if I can have an adult sleepover, press B to I'm, be like too shy about it. Unfortunately, they don't give you dialogue options at all. Just ah. kind of plays. But yeah, I would totally be angling for the uh, sleepover. You gotta. Yeah. So how quickly were you able to become like Scarlet spider? Oh, pretty quickly because I did a whole bunch of like kind of just fucking around and swinging around in the city before I went to like the first, you know, you know, it's like an opening mission and then you're kind of like free mm-hmm. to do what you want before you go to the next mission. And like by the time I went to finally upgrade my spider suit to like the, mm-hmm. the white one that's on the box, you know, the, like mm-hmm. the with the white spider, I already mm-hmm. had like four other suits unlocked. And so I just immediately unlocked Scar the Spider and I've been playing as that ever since because why wouldn't I? I am fascinated. I don't. I never read like Scarlet Spider stuff. Like I, I appreciate his outfit, but I always love that he's like, I got my hoodie. I'm gonna cut the sleeves off. <laughs> I love Scarlet just, Spider. Just have like a shirtless hoodie that I wear on top of my like skin tight spandex outfit. It's my favorite Spider Man. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. It's a good look. Yeah, I mean, there's like Spider Man 2099. There's like all these weird kind of alt spider takes there's no venom or black spider-man suit so far which is interesting i'll probably be like a dlc or something there's like 
like something close to it, right? It was like, like yellow ones or ones like like yellow trim instead of the white yeah, trim. There's like a Secret Wars one. There's you can get the Iron Spider suit. You can get his suit from the uh, the movie. Like there's a cartoon one where you just look like, <laughs> like you're drawn, which is really weird to play like, as. Like the meme. <laughs> I don't know. I I feel like the the foundations of this game are very solid. They could just keep adding to it and like just do new missions or whatever. Like it's it's very fun to play, which. I can't necessarily say that Horizon Zero Dawn is fun to play. It was interesting and had like a compelling storyline, but it wasn't like it was kind of a slog, you know, mm-hmm. whereas like this, it's like it has a little bit of that kind of arcade feel to it where you're just like beating the shit out of dudes and like racking up combos and whatnot. Like it's fun. It's not just like like work. Gotcha. Anyway, that is Spider-Man. What are you playing right now? Am I playing? Uh, I don't know. People's lives. Mm-hmm. I'm not playing anything. Um, oh, what we, are you? What are you watching? Our, uh, yeah, our media diet here. What are you watching? Diet. Oh, okay. You could just ask me the question I just asked you. Mm-hmm. Um, so, other than like the catching up on my usually weekly shows, which I've not been catching up on really, I watched a few more Riverdale's. <laughs> um, and then I've been slowly slogging my way through the Haunting of Hill House, like everyone. Um, it's I wonder, an I wonder show. if I'll ever watch a Netflix show again. I keep hearing That's about them, and I'm like, uh, how many episodes? Uh, maybe I'll get to it. Well, like the the little things I find fascinating about this show is they don't even give a fuck about like adapting the book, which is fine. They've just taken like all the characters' names and like grafted them onto another story about family drama that includes a haunted house, mm-hmm. and. I mean, no spoilers. Obviously, the show is like there are ghosts, <laughs> ghosts are plentiful. But it's really interesting with like the 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 whoever the tweet about the goth, this is us. Like whatever the drama that each of the siblings of the family is dealing with, like the shit they actually, the way the, the ghosts actually affect them is actually like you know the one kid deals with addiction and his PTSD, and it kind of the ghost kind of affects him in the same way. And then like the other chick, like it affects her like grief would affect them. It's very interesting in that regard. But I'm only like halfway through the show, so. Yeah, we shall see. I guess episode six is like the big virtuoso one. Yeah, either five or six. Well, like mm-hmm. the little things though, like there's a big moment in the book and they kind of like throw it away into like the 30 second teaser of like episode three or, or one of the episodes where there's a whole thing where it's like shit's happening and like two of the characters have to huddle together and they don't know what's going on. And then eventually the one girl is just like, wait, when did you go over there? And she's like, I've always been over there. And then she's like, whose hand have I been holding this whole time? And it's like this like throwaway moment in like one of the episodes, which I think tells you a lot about how much they care about adapting Mm. the the source material. Um, But yeah, I've enjoyed it so far. I didn't think I would, but I have. Yeah. Maybe I'll watch it, but probably not. Um, no, you got Spider Man to do. I got you got it. Hey, I don't want you to watch this show until you've successfully uh, won back Mary Jane. Okay. I think I'm getting pretty close. Yeah, we had a yes. another big fight about me being too protective of her, but uh, then she saved me from something. So you know, that's your problem, really. Is you're too protective. Yeah, we were you're about to have a moment, and Miles Morales interrupted us, and it got awkward. Is there is there a love triangle between Spider Man? No, no, he's yeah. he's like a younger kid that you're helping out. Um, but he just kind of like walks in on like literally Scarlet Spider, Spider-Man talking to Mary Jane. And he's like, oh, are you Spider-Man's girlfriend? She's like, never mind. She's like, Psh, please. He wishes. <laughs> okay, cool. What about Gwen Stacy? She Gwen Stacy She's it not up? in it at all. Like, is she in, dead? I don't know. In the storyline, you're like a couple years out of college, I think. Or maybe okay. a year out of college. 
you and MJ had a place for a while, but then he broke up. Um, so you've already like, like Dr. Ock becomes Dr. Ock in this, but like all mm. the other like sinister six have already there, like, you know, ravaged the town and like ended up in, in like the high security prison or whatever. So like, you've already done lots of stuff. It seems like goblin and doc Ock are not like on the scene yet, but in, in no venom, obviously. Um, but you work for him, right? You work with Doc Ock? Yeah, you work with Doc Ock. No mention of Gwen Stacy at all. So I suppose if they wanted to do a DLC and write her in, you could. Black Cat is dead. around. Yeah. Because she dead. Oh, there's no Goblin yet. So. Oh, well. I mean, although. Hmm. I mean, I don't. In the original Sp- uh, Spider Man, Gwen Stacy was like his classmate, right? Uh, sure. I mean, it, this, like this thing definitely throws out like a lot of the canon, just kind of like picks and chooses here and there, which is fine. <laughs> That's the thing is I, as a kid growing up, I thought Spider-Man was just like the most normal status quo mm-hmm. superhero. And then as I like paid attention, I was like, Oh no, his canon is garbage. And they constantly shit on it even more. Mm-hmm. Um, like it wasn't just enough that like when Stacy died and that he had to wrestle with like maybe the webbing that he did to try to save her actually is what killed her rather yep. than the fall. Broke her neck. They eventually like revealed that she actually like fucked Norman Osborn before she died and had babies with him. Yeah. Never mind <laughs> about that. Yeah. I don't know. My only slight criticism of the game, I guess this will be my what am I watching? Um, there's like a villain named Mr. Negative who I think is new to the game. I'm pretty sure That's I haven't me. seen him. I'm Mr. Negative. Yeah. Um, it, it, and it's, I don't know, his like his henchmen are kind of like a bulk of the uh, game aside from like the uh, Kingpin henchmen. And it just, mm-hmm. I don't know, I feel like they could have, they didn't need to make somebody new. I feel like, like, I don't know what other, you know, uh, one of his rogues gallery it could have been but i feel like we didn't need a new villain he could have just stuck with like the goblins people or something mm. otherwise it's fun okay right on well what are you listening to um i'm as usual all over the place do we usually do reading or listening whatever well, we'll get to reading uh, next um probably like you i've been listening to the new metric a little bit mm. and just some random other songs I've downloaded, like there's a new Matthew Deere's, a new Broken Social Scene song. Um, so I've been kind of all over the place. Um, haven't had to listen, I haven't had a chance to listen to music as much as I would like in the last few days since I last saw you. I'll put it mm. that way. Yeah, I don't know what to put for this. I mean, I guess just more metric. I've been listening to their new album a lot because uh, it's a good album. Um, That's a good album. But otherwise, um, just some some weird covers of uh, Dave Bowie songs and. From video games, little smorgasbord. work. I I feel like I I maybe have enough like different music I've listened to this year to make like a uh, a year in like soundtrack. In the past years, like the past like three or four years, I probably haven't had any, but I feel like I've you know found enough good music this year. Are you going to? I may. Yeah. And end of the year head can challenge. Sure. Okay. Interesting. Oh, well, what do you? Yeah, I, I I like that. Like, uh, can I tell a little story out of school? Sure. I like that we're like we're going out a night on the town on our road trip, and you're just like, let me just put on this weird David Bowie cover from this video game first. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, okay. <laughs> in that haunted, that haunted seaside town that we stopped in. Maybe we're still there. We probably could be. We'd be having a lot of fun there. Um, what are you reading? I am reading Veronica Mars and Mr. Kiss and Tell. That's the second Veronica Mars book. Finish the first one. 
it was good. It wasn't amazing. It kind of felt like maybe like a two part Veronica Mars episode, but that's fine. You know, hmm. more Veronica Mars. Her mom is in it, which is interesting. They oh. kind of bring that back and do some some work to resolve that dangling thread. Not that it really needed resolving, but and like like Logan, Logan's still around. Yeah, he's like, uh, I mean, you know, minor spoilers, whatever. He's like, he's in the military, right? In the movie, the Navy. Yeah, yeah, so he's like, I don't know, on his ship. I don't, I don't know what they call that. You know, on assignment ship. or whatever. He's like somewhere on an aircraft carrier, presumably. Okay. So you just like she's just emailing him or like skyping with him occasionally, and that's it. Hmm. That's about as much Logan as I want. Yeah. Do people like Logan? I'm sorry. I'm not, I don't mean the shit on Logan. Logan means nothing to me. But like, is this like a season? I think a lot of people thing? do. I mean, their their shift okay. name is Love, so you know, you got that going for him. Are you their thinking about that right now? Love. Yeah, L O and then V E. Logan Veronica. You never encountered no. that before? No, I don't like that. Okay. Let's move on. Hmm. Interesting. What are you reading? Uh, I started reading The Sundial by Shirley Jackson. Speaking, You need like a, a new answer to this question that is not Shirley Jackson, I feel like. Um, no, I don't. Mm. And then I also started uh, our chapters for The Perfectionist the other night. Um, I wish really do that, yeah. You, you might want to. Mm. <laughs> I don't know when we're recording that, but you might want to. Uh, I'll put it off. Okay, I'll cool. play more Spider-Man. Absolutely. I don't pick up this book until you've successfully bedded Mary Jane. It's so gross. Um, yeah, so whatever. The perfectionist. I just man. really want the Spider-Man game where it's like, it's a messed up relationship where it's like, you end up in bed with her and oh, that was a mistake and you have another fight and it's just like adult and awkward and, you know, complicated. Like, that's a Spider-Man video game I want. Just the, the MJ relationship simulator. Would it be like a DLC where it's like, you have an, you have an all night long to the sun comes up, like adult, awkward argument? Mm-hmm. That's going to end with one of you be, packing your bag. Be like in Before Midnight, yeah. Yeah, ooh. ooh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, like the Before Trilogy video game would be so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> would you, how would you, would, would that be one of the ones where you have like little dialogue tree options? I think you'd have to. Oh shit, that'd be so much fun. <laughs> Right. Uh, I'm going to be thinking about that all night long now. Um, okay, cool. Shall we get to the main event? <clears throat> let's, let's do it. Let's oh, yeah, the main before event. we get to the main event, I should open up that movie so I can look at it while we talk. I haven't done that yet. I love this movie so much. I think I was like seven years old when I first saw this movie. Definitely didn't get most of the jokes. Like mm-hmm. I think when I watched the first time, it kind of played for me as just like a straight-faced murder mystery. Um, probably seen it about 100 times since then. And, you know, as I get older, you kind of get more of the, uh, the subtle humor there, the, the various types of comedy. Like, I feel like when I was young, I was mostly just like the physical comedy I was noticing. Um, the writing in this is just, it's an incredible high wire act to, to support a mystery with multiple possible solutions while making it like a, kind of a, a farcical comedy at the same time. Um, performances, just legendary. The comic timing is so amazing. Um, so many laugh out loud moments, so many quotable lines. This is a movie that I feel like kind of like permanently shaped my whole aesthetic like this movie like in order to properly understand jt you need to have seen this movie and if you haven't you're mm. missing out mm. okay for the for the jt completionists mm-hmm. Ooh, i like it jt's canon um 
I guess it's my turn. This will be long and rambling as usual. Uh, same, 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 and same. Um, well, that was not long. This movie, mine is going to be long and rambling, not yours. Yours is always tight and perfect. Um, this movie is a lean, mean hour and 37 sexy fucking minutes. I love it. Uh, I love this movie too. It's, it's, I don't know how old I was. I was very young. Um, I had a babysitter when I was young, and I remember they had a version of the board game that came with the VHS, and they never played the board game. They always thought they would, and they would watch the movie. And like you, I was just like, oh, what an incredible mystery. Mysteries are fantastic. And then I would like force my parents to rent it like every third weekend. Um, and then years later, I realized how adult it is, and especially like how fucking horny this movie <laughs> is. God damn. I feel like some of these movies, like when you take that nostalgia trip back into your youth, you're like looking for parts of yourself that aren't shameful. And it's like with this one, I just find out how fucking horny it is. I love that the house is basically Hill House. I mean, it is Hill House, literally. Um, God damn, like John Lannis was so good at this time period. Um, and so is the guy who directed my cousin Vinny who directed this. But this is John Lannis before he killed a guy, before he did something even worse, which is Sired Max. This movie is just a masterpiece of tone, of economy, of storytelling. It hits worthy like character and comedic moments and mystery elements so fast. Such incredible fucking physical comedy. It's a great like jump starter for like last minute Christmas shopping too. If you don't know what to get somebody, get them a wrench or a noose. Um, it just yeah, it's my fucking Christmas list of just of this stuff right here. And then you have these just great character actors set in the fifties with like the Red Menace and the Red Scare and all that paranoia. It's just so good. I was so like, I don't remember what I was thinking, um, but like someone Instagrammed us and was just like, Hey, could you, would you guys do clue for like a Halloween movie? And I was just like, yes. <laughs> and texted you like immediately. Um, mm-hmm. so I'm glad we're doing it. All right. That's well, uh, let's jump right into our top moments. I just did one honorable mention. I could have done 10. I just figured like, we'll get to the rest of them as we talk about the movie. Mm-hmm. How many do you have? I have one because my, my moments are, I always joke, oh, my moments are super arbitrary. Like this one, especially because I, I couldn't nail down specifically. So these, I have four moments, but. I yeah. I mean, I, and like, <laughs> I didn't put on here, like, you know, the entire explanation of the mystery, which I could have, you know, but that, that'd be cheating. There's so like. many little bits that I caught this time mm-hmm. that I somehow didn't see before. So yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, mine is a little moment I caught. It's when the after they kind of do the fake out with the cop, where they have the uh, the music playing, you know, and they're like pretending mm-hmm. to make out with the dead bodies and whatnot. Uh, and the cop's talking, Mister, uh, or to, to Wadsworth, I should say, with Mister Green standing behind him. Uh, and it's a free country, man. And Wadsworth says, "I didn't know it was that free." <laughs> and then like, there's this moment where after he says that, he turns around. And uh, Mr. Green's behind him. And then Mr. Green, like, he's like snaps this like goofy smile on his face, like to play along with it. Like, there's just something about the way Michael McKean smiles there that's so funny that I never mm-hmm. noticed before. But like the way he's kind of mugging behind him. Mm-hmm. Michael McKean, like everyone is the MVP of this movie. Like, I'm not super crazy about the the ongoing joke of Michael McKean's character, but like he is so good. In this. Um, my number four, this is just kind of, you know, like larger view. It's just the fucking moment when I'm watching this movie for the first time. And then all of a sudden there's a title card that says, that's how it could have happened. (laughs) But how about this? (laughs) And then we get to the, but here's how it really happened. And I'll never forget just being like, whoa, whoa, what? Yeah. I don't know what I thought of that as a kid. I don't know if I was like shocked or anything. I was just kind of, 
I, I guess I, I didn't find the first two endings ultimately satisfying. And so I was like, okay, good. This is the real one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so my number three top moment would be the part where everyone's kind of searching around and then it cuts to the, you know, the, the anonymous killer who obviously we learn is Colonel Mustard. Spoilers, by the way, for Clue. Um, mm. The destroying the evidence, you know, unlocking the cabinet, getting the wrench, and then like coming out of the passageway and like the, the wrench is raising like the music playing and whatnot. Like that's such a creepy moment. It's so cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, my number three is bosses be... here from funk. What I love about that moment is that, um, so he's found a secret passageway. He sneaks in, he kills this dude. He sneaks back out. He finds miss Scarlet. He pretends to find the secret passageway again, mm-hmm. sneaks through with her, finds the body. Yeah. to claim, uh, you know, ignorance, I guess. Be like yeah. good alibi. Oh, we just found this together. It's it's the one thing he's good at. It's mm-hmm. it's, uh, my number three is you know it's it's pretty basic because everyone it's just Mrs. White confessing the killing of that and uh, <laughs> it's Madeline Kahn. She is so incredibly good and yeah, as you get older you realize how sexual her energy is. But just I hated her so much so that it much. Flames, 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 flames on the side of my face, breathing, breathless, heaving breaths and then finally they just cut her off the way with wazards it's just like as you're all in the blah 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 you know he just like cuts right in and continues <laughs> uh but the fact that that was ad-libbed is so perfect <laughs> yeah that's my number two um what an incredible moment uh I, like we were talking about like could you possibly reboot this movie who could you cast i think mrs white might be the hardest to recast yeah i don't yeah. know how you capture that specific energy all the actors in this there's like a comic sensibility that I feel like we don't really get much in movies these days. Most comedy these days is kind of like cringe comedy, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, where this is something very different. It's very kind of like snappy and, you know, witty. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, that's my number two. What's your number two? My number two is again, it's tropey. It's just when the fucking lights go out mm-hmm. when like Mr. Body flips off the lights and it's like oh, it's when a, he does long, it. okay when he does there's like this long silence and there's like <gasps> and glass shattering or a bullet goes off and glass shattering and then ah and then all this stuff and then boom lights come back on and there's a dead body there and like to me that some part of me has always thought okay that's the ultimate mystery right there that's mm-hmm. the ultimate dinner party <laughs> yes all right well my number one this is hard to pick because i feel like there's so many good moments i just went with this one because it's so memorable to me just the uh let us in let us in let us out let us out okay. uh, that whole sequence there where they all, all the people are running along like the balustrade and like collide together there's a lot of good physical comedy in this oh mm-hmm. uh, yeah my number one is a, a little bit cheating here it's it's the start of ending a it's just the frantic manic manic energy of tim curry bouncing around running us through the plot of the movie, explaining how it all went down. Just like you got a letter and you got a letter. Yeah. 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 Just like, like sweaty and gross and just basically like reenacting the game to you right there. Uh, it's so good. This is like, I'm amazed that he didn't just like retire. Cause you know, my God, he could rest on his fucking laurels from this movie alone. I love the way the soundtrack will just straight up Mickey mouse at times. And like, like when he's like talking about the lightning crashing, it kind of does it on the soundtrack, you know? Yeah. yeah. The score is actually like really, really good for this movie. I love the score in this movie. It's it's so it's mystery, but it's also like still very eighties cheesy. Mm-hmm. 
there's like that synthy kind of yeah, yeah. yeah yeah just like yeah just turn on the movie and like just watch like the first minute and just listen to the the music it's so good um yeah okay right. any complaints i mean from a modern perspective mr green I don't know. I, I never feel like they're really like disrespectful to him. He says he feels I, no shame. I don't know. I guess it depends on kind of, you know, what you find. It's, it's the humor to there to be playing on. He's talking about like specifically the times. Yeah, you're right. I mm-hmm. feel no shame, but you know, I have to keep it quiet because of my job. Um, it's not quite like the ongoing, like Tobias joke or anything like that. There's no real gay no panic real- or anything. I don't feel like uh, there's like one or two moments of, especially of like uh, professor plum, but uh, fuck him. Professor plum. God damn. I, I don't know. Like <laughs> he's a fucking <laughs> like, sleaze. Yeah. Oh, he's a fucking like rapist. I mean, like, I don't know if like this, like taught me as a kid, like, Oh, it's cool. As long as you're in academia, you can be a little bit of a cad, but that dude, like he's got his fucking eyeballs in the event's tits. Every chance he can get, he's like groping at miss Scarlet. Jesus, uh, yeah. <laughs> he's like not afraid to like get into the position with Mrs. White, which good luck, buddy. That's everyone's dream. Um, yeah, I mean, this is this is like I, and Christopher Lloyd is such a chameleon too that I, as a kid, I did not realize this was Doc Brown. Yeah, no, he's, he looks so different. Yeah, um, but I don't know. I honestly, I can't complain. I feel like the movie isn't like endorsing any of that, and it feels pretty accurate. Like I don't know. I feel like the the women hold their own in this. Mm, oh, for sure. Like. Uh, uh, it's funny they wanted Carrie Fisher to be Miss Scarlet, but she had to go into rehab. Yeah, but like Leslie Ann Warren is way better. Sorry, I love Carrie oh, Fisher, she's, but she's so good. She owns this role uh, again. Mrs. White, I guess this is a creepy statement. My ideal woman is some kind of combination between Mrs. White and Miss Scarlet. Mm. Um, it's crazy to me that they wanted Rowan Atkinson for Wadsworth. Oh, that's like, bad. Yeah, like Tim Curry was the third choice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, this movie is so good. All right, well, let's just get into a little. General discussion here. I think we talked about the opening there, just the music, the mm-hmm. driving up the hill. It's spooky. I like the the shot of Wadsworth in the car. Like I don't know the the way this is directed is actually like very well done. You wouldn't expect it for just like an average eighties comedy, but it's a very well made movie. I love the bit with the dogs. And he's got like the stakes. Oh, that I love that the top secret security system of the house is just how long or short the chain is. Yeah, I love the way he shortens the chain. It's like it's one of those little kind of tactile things that seems very intelligent when you think about it. Yeah, and then the virtually silent recurring gag of someone having stepped in dog <laughs> shit. I love the way all of them like you see you see like three or four other guests like the way they check their feet. You but know? it's mostly it seems like it's mostly the women, which I find extra hilarious. Like mm-hmm. when Yvette and both Miss Scarlet like check their shoes. Mm-hmm. Well, it's uh, like I don't know why Yvette's checking. Like you didn't smell anything, and then this dude yeah. walked in. Yeah. Uh yeah. So New England nineteen fifty four, which I don't think I picked up when I was a kid, because wow, what would that mean to me? But um Yeah. So this was all a set, I guess. Except for yeah, the, the only yeah. Yeah, the ballroom is is real, and then of course, like exteriors are, are real. Incredible set. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for the most part, it, it seems like it's fairly interlocking. I, I guess obviously, like the shower and some of the upstairs and downstairs stuff could be mm-hmm. separate sets, but so good. Um, the chef just spends most of her time sharpening knives in a threatening manner. I think she has one line in the entire movie. Yeah, is it like dinner is served. Dinner will be ready at seven thirty. I think is all she says. Okay. 
Yvette's rocking out some shake rattle and roll. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Your shoes for shit. Yeah, she's having a little dance party as she's like like cleaning the glasses or whatever. Yeah, as a seven year old, I didn't really pick up on them. You can just watch the men's eye lines in this movie. They're oh, yeah. all constantly staring at her chest. Flew right over my head as a kid. Yeah. It's a little more noticeable as an adult. A little bit. A little bit. First first key that this is a horny, horny movie. Um <laughs> and then like he got like all the types of horny in this movie too, starting with Colonel Mustard. Um even she smells the dog shit. It's so deft in the way he like starts to introduce himself and he's like, Oh no, we're going to be using aliases. Like they take, I mean, I don't think I even knew this was a board game when I first watched it, but they take what could be a ridiculous premise that mm-hmm. like you have these cheesy names and whatnot. And it's based on a board game and it just works. Like it, it oh. never doesn't feel like a, a movie. Yeah. Well, what's crazy is that, so I guess Jonathan Landis wrote the script and the only thing he couldn't do is he couldn't, he couldn't come up with the ending. Hmm. Like he was just befuddled. Like he had written himself into such a hole. And that's when they brought in like Jonathan Lynn, who's basically an actor, had done some like theater directing, and he came up with the ending. So I guess there was four originally, and the fourth one's crap. Yeah, the fourth one sounds bad. We'll get but, to like, that I later. Think, yeah. But uh, uh and then I guess Jonathan Lewis or uh, Jonathan Lance was gonna direct, and then Spies Like Us went on too long, and so that Jonathan Lynn just took it over. And you're right, it's just it's so sharply directed. And the economy of storytelling, like you're right, it just cuts right to like these are your names. There's no wasted moments. I mean, maybe some of the jokes fall flat to some people, but like it so much happens in an hour and a half in this movie. Um, yeah, it's so Scar- tight. Yeah, Scarlett's car breaks down. Even Mrs. Peacock is astounded by the sight. Yeah, that's cleavage. <laughs> Mrs. Peacock has the most hilarious like disgust on her face through the whole movie. She's constantly judging everyone else, even mm-hmm. though like she's like a despicable person too. You know, she's constantly just like, "Oh my god, that's disgusting." Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, kickoff, everybody notices Yvette's cleavage. He can't not as an adult. Yeah. They kick off real quick of Mr. Green being like a nebbish buffoon when wants her yelling sit. sit at the docks. <laughs> I love Mr. Green. This I want this library with the uh, oh, sure. the door that's a bookshelf. Yeah. It's incredible. Yes. Um and then like I love this just a bit. Watch this in 2018, where like lightning strikes over this giant house map painting. <laughs> and then Miss Scarlet's like why is the car stopped? And first of all, I was like, it's frightened. <laughs> well, the weird thing, I, I maybe this is like made more sense in the eighties. Like she can't just like flag down the car. She has to like, kind of like set herself up and stick her leg out as she's looking in the mm-hmm. hood. And just to like, kind of get the man to stop without her like trying to, or something, you know, it's like, it would mm-hmm. be indecent somehow for her to like flag someone down. But if a, a gentleman were to stop of his own accord, that's okay or something. Yeah. Yeah. She's, I mean, she's so interesting because she's not, in some places you can tell she's like weaponized her sexuality, but she's also just feeling herself, just enjoying herself. I love Miss Scarlet. Like she's so good in this. Um, that crazy like coat she's got on. Yeah. With, like the whole weird collar thing that goes up above her head. It's so big. <laughs> like something that you'd wear on Canto bite. Mm-hmm. Um, when they, my next note is when they get to the dinner party, like the actual dinner aspect of it. Colonel Mustard really thinks that dropping like a stock Kipling quote will impress <laughs> this dinner party. Can I just say Professor Plum even drives with a uh, pipe in his mouth? Yes, yes. <laughs> I might go as Professor Plum for Halloween. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I might have half this in my closet right now. Um, one, one thing I noticed on rewatch, um, if you watch all the actors' reactions, especially the the characters who are supposed to know each other 
but we don't mm-hmm. know that they know each other yet or know mm-hmm. of each other. Like there's really interesting little interplay, like kind of like when Mrs. White meets with the vet or like uh, Miss Scarlet, Colonel Mustard, like you can see all these kind of like little reactions. It's very subtle, but like very well done. And clearly like it's amazing how, detailed and like sharp this movie is for you know this farcical comedy like they really cover their base as well for as much of this movie is is intricate like wordplay mm-hmm. um so much of it is nonverbal. oh yeah like very successfully nonverbal. Well, i mean just but... the it's a sort of visual storytelling of the way professor plum tries to grab miss scarlet's ass and she kind of like shrugs him off and, mm-hmm. and it's like oh i didn't realize you two knew each other and she's like we don't like you know so much about their characters just from that moment you know yeah um, and the way he like, do you notice the way he's like almost copying a feel around Miss Scarlet when he's like with the umbrella, like running to the. Uh, oh, yeah, he's he's so desperately trying to like engineer a it's, moment. It's very physical. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, oh, OK, I, I already know about the kind of guy Professor Plum is before he's really said much of anything. Mm-hmm. And then it's just reinforced when you find out like what his uh, his usual thing is. But uh when they're talking about keeping something, like that's talking about keeping something warm for the the seventh guest who will be their host. And you know, I love Miss Carter. It's just immediately like, well, what did you have in mind, dear? Like the energy. My God, <laughs> she's just radiating it. Everyone, this house is just like crackling with fuck charges. And you get like the soup slurping, which I feel like in the end of the movie I would have hated. But that, that so- to me definitely stands out as like probably killed in the eighties. Probably wouldn't be as funny in a movie now. No, but like this movie was reviled. I don't think it was panned. Yeah, I don't get that at all. This movie's fucking amazing. But yeah, they're I don't know. I I love this style of comedy. I, I wish we had more of this. Yeah. It's it's very old fashioned. It, mm-hmm. it I don't it's, you think you'd do this in twenty eighteen. At some point if we're interested, I like saved quotes from reviews from the movie. Oh, really? they, they are vicious. Um it's baffling. But like Christopher Lloyd is pretty much known for taxi at this point. And I was thinking about that. Like this is that's what he's known in his career. And he's just like in this dinner party, he's just like trying to bury his fucking face in her chest well, every she, time he leans over. Yeah, Yvette does the move where she's like leaning over. And I I mean, I don't know if this you could describe intentionality as or not. She's just like resting her tit on his shoulder pretty much. Yeah, yeah. I kept wondering, like, is he gonna drop the pipe to like try to motorboat her? I don't know. Um but then, like, Mr. Green, for, like, the nebbish buffoon, he gets to be, like, kind of delightfully devious at one point. He's talking about his peacock, and he's just like, like, I know who, I you, know are. who you are. I, I love, work in Washington, too. I love Mr. Green. This I, I feel like it's a very subtle performance because he's supposed to be, like you said, like a nebbish buffoon. But he has, like, a little of his own smarminess. Occasionally, he'll take his glasses off, and you kind of get the hint of who he might be. Yeah, yeah. Oh, again, just the fucking yeah, like kind of like evil blonde Clark Kent is mm-hmm. how he's played. Um, but the physicality of him is like is maybe secondary to Wadsworth to Tim Curry's performance in this. But like, my God, like they beat the fuck out of Mister Green. Other <laughs> <laughs> way, like Miss uh, Peacock or Mrs. Peacock, she like cannot stand the silence. She has to yeah. like interrupt and start going on. This is, I mean, I feel like probably don't give I mean Brennan enough credit for this performance. It's she's like not the most likable of the characters, but like she really plays the part well. Yeah, I I always disliked her because of her character. Mm-hmm. But like as you get older and you actually watch the performance. And again, she's like the Oscar nominated actress of the group. I think they all were. All the actresses. Well I think at this point she was the only one oh, really? okay. in her career um for like private Benjamin or something. But like she 
the some of the stuff she does, some of the little moments, like the non-verbal moments that aren't too flashy are so good. But yeah, like just coming off, I'm trying to remember what does he call it, like the the pressure of language or whatever, mm. or pressure of conversation. And then Miss Carter again is so immediately fierce. You know, she's like, maybe he doesn't want to get acquainted with you. <laughs> yeah, she's a firecracker in this. It's great. And then she's immediately in on Professor Plum about whether or not he's a psychiatrist, psychologist. What? Practice makes perfect. I think a lot of men need practice. You know what I mean? <laughs> I like the little smile. They're talking about like Mr. Body will hear he's a seventh guest. They're like, oh, well, who's our host? And he just like smiles to himself. Wadsworth does. He's like. <laughs> yeah. So this guy is fascinating to have like a fucking punk rocker with a pun for a name as Mr. Body, like less is so much more of this guy. Like he is, I find him to be really interesting and he's clearly the guy who like doesn't have the acting chops of everyone else, but like it works. For I find role. his shoes distracting. Oh, he, for he's sure. Wearing these weird like dance shoes. Yeah. He also goes immediately for Yvette's ass. Mm-hmm. Do you think, so Yvette here, would it be correct to assume she isn't actually a maid and she's just playing a part here? I, would think, I think she's not even so. French. No, we hear her actual yeah, voice yeah. later. He knows every inch of my body. Yeah. Um, I guess you can't get over this guy's like real name. But like, uh, and then like, like uh, Gene Parmesan is so good. Just like when he drops like the bluster of Colonel Muster, just like I came into money during the war when I lost my mommy and daddy. <laughs> <laughs> Which we'll find out later is the what lie. Yeah. I love the, the delivery of that. Um, and then just like, again, the little bit of wordplay. He didn't actually seem to like me very much. He threatened to kill me in public. Why would he want to kill you in public? I think she meant that he threatened in public to kill her. <laughs> yeah, there's there's some bits like that, like when it's like, yes, there is, or yes, there isn't. Um, no. <laughs> they're just really having fun with the wordplay. I love it. Yeah. Also, great outfits for the uh, the three female guests here. Mm-hmm. Like Miss Iconic. White with the all black, but it's like white lining of her coat. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's great. Miss Scarlet, who is wearing green instead of red like that. She just has the red hair. Oh, and fuck literally wearing that dress. Like she's doing it a favor. Yeah. Um, and then Mrs. Peacock's got like this, like sentient gold frock thing. She's like wearing like, uh, something from the Snoke collection. I think she's got like fur on. Yeah. And like crazy peacock stuff in her hair and all that. Those crazy glasses, Mm -hmm. like the cat eyes. Yeah. Those stupid glasses, like really set up like exactly who this character is. Um. Yeah. So this like everyone gets like these little mini monologues again, just like Mrs. Wyatt and her like life after death, and her first husband wasn't a very good illusionist. <laughs> <laughs> well, leaving here is Mr. Body. Like when you read, he was in a punk band. It kind of makes sense a little. He's got such a weird energy to him. Yes. Yes. He's very anti all of this. Mm-hmm. Um. Which I I like in my mind. I try to play it back. Like how interesting this is when you find out that he's the real butler or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and like Wadsworth is playing this whole game and he's just like, I'm fucking here under duress. Also, he I'm, runs really weirdly. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Mr. Especially Body. the shoes, the shoes really like key. You yeah. That and too. he like, he holds his arms out to the side as he runs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah very animated. But yeah, he's just like, I'm just here. Cause I'm contractually obligated. I'm going to grab some ass. I'm going to fuck some shit up. I'm going to fuck up Colonel mustard three stooges style. <laughs> 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 and then I'm bouncing. Um, again, the best presents. How many times have we threatened to get people these presents? Someday I'm, this is going to be my, my Christmas presents for my family. Yeah. I just, who do you give the noose to? I feel like that's a dangerous gift there. Yeah. That, that one's yeah. rough. That's problematic. 
I don't know. Let's play it out right now. Who do you get the news to? In your I, I I feel like you can't get the news, but then I, I wouldn't want to get anyone a revolver either. Maybe it'd be like a fake one or something. Hmm. Um, I mean, like, what's your what's your hope here? Are you like, you you want them to recognize what it is, or are you trying to like play it off? Are you I trying think, to play off like, oh, I just got you a lead pipe. What for, if is that you, weird? If you ever did this, you would have to number one have like a weird alligator skin suitcase that they're all in. You'd have sure. to have them all wrapped in like glossy black boxes with the oh, purple yeah. ribbon. And you have to do the who can guess what's in here. Yeah. Evidence well, and then you have, have to like really commit to the showmanship mm-hmm. and be near a light switch. <laughs> Can't stress that enough. So it would only be opened over his dead body. <laughs> uh, yeah. So you know, the lights go out, you got the gasps, the gunshots, glass breaking, people screaming, Mr. Body's dead. It's like, got a fucking movie here. I had to suffer from screaming. <laughs> So many quotes in this are like ingrained in my mind. Um, yeah, so the vet screams. They run to check on her. I I love that. Like as an adult, I finally noticed that there's no Mrs. Peacock in that scene. Mm-hmm. Yep. When they go check on the vet. Um, yeah. So we hear Wazers invited them to bust the blackmailing ring. His wife was being blackmailed. Mr. Y too. She took her own life. She had friends who were socialists. <laughs> I definitely remember watching this movie. Like, I have this very clear memory of like asking my parents, "Like, what does that mean?" And they're like, "Shut up! We'll tell you at the end of the movie." Well, like, make a fucking list of all the things your parents are gonna have to explain to you at the end of the fucking movie. Well, I think a lot of it just straight flew over my head. I didn't know yeah. what, what to even ask about. But the socialist thing, I was like, "Wait, what is that? What's a socialist? Why is that so bad?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And and like even learning like in present day, like you're like, "Wait, what was wrong with that?" But yeah, red scare. All, all of it like i'm like mommy what's a war profiteer yeah um there's a great bit here so like wazer's like throwing a little shade at them mr body thought you were all un-american like a senator having a corrupt wife etc but there's a great part where he mentions you know that mr body tried to make a little money off his knowledge because there couldn't be anything more american than that and mrs peacock this is almost like my number five moment she nods her head like respect yeah yeah she's <laughs> like yeah okay i get that and then I this I do this to this day where Roger says, well, to make a long story short, and someone yells, too, too late. late. <laughs> I can't not do that. I'm sorry. I'm a troll. Um, There's an incredible yes. amount of quotable answer in this movie. Yeah. Well, it's just another one. Like, again, the physical acting of Eileen Brennan, like, Professor Plum's like, so, everything's explained. And she's, like, nodding her head affirmatively. And Miss Scarlet's like, what are you talking about? Nothing is explained. You still don't know who killed him. Miss Peacock, like, nods her head negatively. <laughs> um and then yeah, mr green just when they find the cook's body like he catches her somebody help me please somebody help me please the physical comedy i mean they they get a lot of mileage out of this poor cook like the him like collapsing under her and then later when they make the women move her body yeah. as they're moving the much lighter mr body well just the casual like laissez-faire like morbid humor like just checking everything's fine two corpses <laughs> Or just again, it's it's this mastery of tone, which is both script and actors. Like, who would want to kill the cook? And Miss Scarlet's like, dinner wasn't that bad. <laughs> like that would have derailed most movies, but it fucking works here. Or just Colonel well, like, yeah, go ahead. I just say it's, it's so snappy. Like the comic timing is so quick that they're not like waiting for the laugh line. Like they just it's rat a tat, no. you know, it just keeps going. Well, yeah, just like Colonel Mustard, and he's just like, there's only one murderer her here. It's her. How many husbands have you had? And Mr. White's immediately like, mine, mine or, or other women's? <laughs> Five. Yeah, the, the visual of Miss Scarlet and Mrs. White in these like insane, glamorous evening dresses 
like all like you know physically exerting to lift this uh, cook up. Mm-hmm. Like there's, there's something really funny about the looks on their faces as they're doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Wadsworth, you know, like I watched a couple like YouTube things where they just missed the fucking point about like how you can't adapt any kind of game, which is like who gives a fuck? But like just Wadsworth, he just has the line. We're trying to figure out who killed, <laughs> you know, killed and where of what. It's like okay, that's all I need. That's all I need. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting. Um, in the scene where they find the cook in the kitchen, the Professor Plum is there. He's at the very back, beginning mm-hmm. of the scene. But then after they find the cook and she collapses, he's no longer there. Yeah. I assume he's running back to kill Mr. Body. I wish in my house I could like effectively run around for my secret passageways to like murder people when I have dinner parties. Well, I guess did, it's from the stairs. Did, well, I'm trying to think. Did anyone use the secret passage here? I don't remember. I mean, maybe let me skim through the scene and see if Professor Plum shows up again. Because... Mrs. Peacock didn't use it. Oh, yeah, he's still there. Okay. I think what happens is he leaves through the passage here, Professor Plum does. Mrs. Mm. Peacock did not use it to kill the cook. She just, like, went into the kitchen, I think. Oh. But I think Professor Plum may use it to sneak back into... Well, no, he couldn't do that. Either. I don't know. That's the only thing I'm like, where exactly did Professor Plum kill Mr. Body? Because it doesn't seem like there's a ton of time for it. All right, so I have always grown up thinking that the last ending is the true ending. Yeah, yeah. Um, because some of the details don't make any sense in the other two, but I kind of think maybe after it, after the last ending, the Miss Scarlet ending is the one that makes the second amount of yeah, most sense. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Having Yvette do some of this makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah, because she can just be invisible and screaming and distract mm-hmm. them, etc. Um, it's the monkey brains where you really have to rope in Miss Peacock. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so get Colonel Mustard and his like very sloppy pour of the whiskey. Oh my god. Anyone else want a whiskey? (laughs) (laughs) Half of it's on the tray, yeah. But it's so. I can't do that as a homage. People think I'm just going to, I'm about to cut off. Yeah. (laughs) It's not subtle, but at the same time, it's like understated, you know? Yeah. So, like, second dinner party activity, drawing sticks to split up to search the house. I really want to do that. Yeah. Oh, And the pairings are so good. Like oh, the parents Mr. are perfect. Yeah. Well, I was there for Miss White. Like, like, well, the fact that both Professor Plum and Colonel Mustard volunteered to go with Yvette and, yeah. and Mr. Green's like, nah. Well, and then like to split them up, though, to put Plum of Peacock, perfect. Mm-hmm. The only so two I'm, killers at that point. Yeah. To put like Colonel Mustard of Miss Scarlet. The look know, of like, disgust on her face. Yes. Yeah, she can't. She's she can't. Like, it's delicious. Um, And then like the look on the faces when Wadsworth gets paired of mrs white and like the 2018 marco sparks is like i ship it i ship well, this it is after she's threatened to kill him oh i ship it so hard yeah one one moment when we're alone together <laughs> and i'm just like sign me the fuck up um yeah so i just i love that they're all so equally terrified of each other even as they're investigating rooms or not investigating them it's like the the, the shot like it's so simple but like just green and yvette at the bottom of the stairs like not moving <laughs> You know, I'm thinking about the comedy in this. I feel like one thing that kind of stands out to me in relation to more modern comedies is that this movie never feels the need to kind of put an exclamation point on something to like let us know it's supposed to be funny. Yeah. It just kind of does it. And like you're supposed to find, for instance, like the brandy pouring or the whiskey pouring funny without mm-hmm. anyone like there's no line of dialogue where somebody like has to there's point no it out. There's no reaction shot. Yeah. There's no cut to so and so being like, ha, 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 tugging on my collar, pulling yeah. on my ear like David Niven. Yeah. Um, 
sorry, 50% of this podcast is just going to be us replaying lines. This is what you're <laughs> signing up for for free podcast. Which is I'm not chatting. Pumping. Yeah. What are you afraid of? A fate worse than death? No, just death. Is that enough? <laughs> um, also, the ballroom, classic fear of mine born out of this movie. The idea that someone might be hiding behind those curtains. Oh, yeah. I love the way she pushes them to the side. It's such a yes. dramatic pose. How do you, so do you think Mr. Body wasn't like all the way dead when Plum like shoved him into the bathroom there? Because like, how is he yeah. on his feet? Is he yeah. like, I don't know, still like seizuring or something? <laughs> He's still weighing whether he wants to go into mm-hmm. the light. Um, I always, I am always mystified when uh, uh, Mustard and Scarlet fit through that opening together. <laughs> Oh, I know. And like it, that definitely looks like it hurt. You know? Yeah. Every time I watch it, I'm like, is that a special effect? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but goddamn secret passageways. I love um, the, the shot of them. They're searching the billiard room and then like they're standing in front of the uh, pool table there. Mustard grabs a, a cue, a pool cue and Miss Scarlet kind of freaks out for a second. And then he like kind of like gestures and they both like duck down as the camera ducks down to behind mm-hmm. the table. It's such a cool shot. Well, it's like it's on one hand, it's like him having a weapon, but it's also, I think, just like his his masculine role. There's a there's a billiards table here. Of course, I'm going to pick up a cue like I'm going to play. That's what men do. Yeah. Um, And of course, the classic let us in, let us in, let Let us out, out. let us out. (laughs) Uh, The one joke that like it's good, it's probably the one that works less on me with time is the chandelier. I don't know why. I always know. I, I love the look on his face. Uh, oh yeah, that part's great. Yeah, just uh, I can't take any more scares because <laughs> Martin Mull's fantastic in this. Um, the way that holds the pistol after she shoots, did mm-hmm. that ever stand out to you? No, she kind of like holds it out to the side. Like it looks like she's like used a gun before. It always stands out to me. Yeah, she has. What I feel else? like I should be more attracted to the event. You're not. You're well, I mean, it's not that I'm not. I'm a human being. Okay. But, like, I, I'm crushing so hard on Mrs. White and Miss Scarlet here. Um, yeah, I just... Uh, I, I think You're more of a leg man. And Yvette doesn't have legs in addition to the... I'm uh, saying she doesn't. She's got legs for days. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't disparage her legs. Okay. I'm not, not disparaging legs. legs. Working legs. Um, yeah, like, the I think it's when the cop shows up and it's like, help yourself to the drink. Just not the cognac. Just in case. Just in <laughs> case, case of what? what? <laughs> maybe she's in poison (laughs) but okay so the like the setup for the cop the makeout parlors are fucking wild here mrs white making out mr body which sexy because he's just got like blood dripping like dried blood on his forehead mrs peacock like helping him make it look like the cook is hanging out (laughs) (laughs) they like groan that she has uh this peacock she's like uh and then Professor Plum and Scarlet, like, just like, kind of canoodling as the motorist is, like, dead drunk. And I, I get it's the 50s, so there's, like, a little more conservative vibe. But it's just, like, these people are just, like, this close to finger blasting this whole time, officer. <laughs> this fan's drunk. Dead drunk. Dead right. <laughs> and then and poor Jane Wyland. We'll get him up. a car. A long uh, black car. <laughs> yeah. A limo. <laughs> Yeah, poor Jane Light Wyland shows up, gets shot, I guess her lips are sealed. Is she the uh, guitarist for the Go-Go's? Yep. Yep. Nice. nice. Um, yeah. It's, and it, there's such energy. Again, like, like uh, it's like a good half an hour. It's like searching the house. But then... But it's the, all so tight. Like, it's... It, there's never, like, a slow moment in this. 
No, no. And it's crazy because like the three endings are like 18 minutes altogether, yeah. I think. Um, yeah, but I guess like, I, I again, I didn't see this in the theater, but I guess this was like advertised. This was part of the gimmick. Which I feel like, like in retrospect, not a great gimmick. No, super frustrating. And it would be interesting to see this play out like in a, a modern era of the internet shit. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I love the bit where when the killer turns out the lights in the whole house, you get a shot of all of our characters where it's like it's dark, but just their face is kind of lit, like just kind of like mm-hmm. in a kind of slash of light across their face. I love that shot of everyone like that. And yeah. The score is so great. Um, well, like the Mrs. Peacock one doesn't fully make sense to me because I think in her ending, she is supposed to like turn off the switch, turn off the lights. Yeah, hers. And then you immediately see her upstairs, like running into a lamp or I, whatever. I think tree. you kind of have to assume that like there's like some lost time in the cutting between things. Like it didn't yeah. all happen literally within like 30 seconds. You know, like I think you have to allow for a little bit of time for characters to get like downstairs and back upstairs, that sort of thing. And then Wadsworth yeah. finds his way into the shower. Um, such great writing this. Let me just, I pulled out this one quote. It's uh, it's just the little kind of wit that this uh, movie has. Wadsworth is describing Professor Plum. He says, Professor Plum, you were once a professor of psychiatry specializing in helping paranoid and homicidal lunatics suffering from delusions of grandeur. And Plum says, yes, but now I work for the United Nations. And Wadsworth says, so your work has not changed. <laughs> well, just the uh, um, the bit later where it's just like, you never know what kind of people I work with. I might have gone up in their estimation. <laughs> <laughs> the chief of police guy freaked me the fuck out, you know, and then the doorbell rang, ring, ring. Yeah. That's a fucking creepy ass moment. The first time I watched this, I jumped, I think. Um, and he's like talking about Armageddon and shit. He's got that weird book with him. The king of heaven is upon you. Repent. Yeah. yeah Peacock has a, that great line where he's just like, you know, your souls are in danger. She goes, our lives are in danger. You beat Nick. <laughs> Uh, yeah, she voted for Trump. Um, yeah, so I want to say, like, I've read now that like, people think that the the, the theater gimmick like might have contributed to the bombing of the movie, but it's it's kind of very true to the game, though. I, I think partly I they wrote themselves in this like corner where they they just came up with ideas that they liked, so they did them all. But mm-hmm. um, the game never ends the same, so fuck it. When why does the movie have to? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like maybe you could mix up the order or have like maybe kind of do a thing where there's one fake ending and one real ending. Like you always get the real ending, but then there's like a few different fake endings that swap out. Mm-hmm. Like maybe something like that would have worked like kind of shuffle it up like a, like star tours at Disneyland or something. Right. Right. But it's fascinating just because I've always known the home video version mm-hmm. and that's what's right and true to me. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I can't imagine just getting like the miss peacock ending and like, that's it. Oh God. This is peacock as a man. The uh, the so, amount of physical abuse that Mr. Green takes in this movie is fucking hilarious. Yes. Like, where he's the, like uh, reenacting the scene where Mr. Body is shot and he's like pulling him up, shoving him down, pulling him back up. Well, the physical colony too, when Wadsworth like, goes to Miss Peacock and he's just like, fall into my arms and she just like slips right out. <laughs> Wadsworth's uh, impression of the I had to stop her from screaming as he like kind of presses his nose like he's adjusting his glasses. I love that bit. Which really ties in, I think, to like just the eventual handoff, though. Like, obviously, the first two endings, Wadsworth is the true hero. Mm-hmm. You know, we've been following this whole time; he's our main character. But it's like it, you kind of feel it. There is this subtle vibe where he's going to hand it off to Green for like the final real ending. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I love just the, the little bits of repeated dialogue. So in the first ending, it's Green who's like, there's one thing I don't understand. And Plum's like, one, one thing. thing. <laughs> um, there's a great blocking when Miss Scarlet's like standing away from everyone by the time they get to the, uh, like, gentlemen, turn on your pockets, ladies, your handbags. Like, she's already, like, separated from them. Mm -hmm. It's that kind of thing that I think Joseph Ray was talking about, where it's like, you want the audience to guess just, like, one half second before you reveal it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. kind of has that. And, of course, communism is just a red herring. Like all members of the old profession, I'm a capitalist. Great dialogue, yeah. One plus two. Plus two. Plus two. Plus one. Frankly, Scarlet, I don't give a damn. <laughs> so we get another Chandler crash for mustard, um, and then again, just my my fucking like I don't even know like seven year old eight year old mind blown with that's how it could have happened. But how about this? And I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, the peacock one's probably the least satisfying, just because I feel like they give the least time to it. Yeah, they're just like, it was you, Miss Peacock. You did all this. Um, and that's they. I don't know. They really don't give you a ton. Like, I don't think they even give you any flashbacks for that one, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, you get a little little bit, but yeah. Now it's Colonel Mustard who says, there's still one thing I don't understand. And Mrs. White's yeah. like, one thing. Um, I love the bit where after the lights come back on and, like, the music starts playing again. Like, that's just, like, a cool audio vibe, you know, of, like, it res back up. And then they all kind of drift out into the hall. And they just, like, look into the billiards room. Oh, there's a vet strangled to death. And they're just, like, kind of shrug. You know, they, like, <laughs> look into the library. Yep, there's a cop's dead. Well, just, yeah, just to be so like past your shock and like, mm-hmm. just like cold and numb to it all. I love it. I love this vibe. That's one of the things I don't think people talk about enough is just, you know, like how many, how many fucking years do we have to wrestle with fans complaining about like the logic of PLL? Mm-hmm. And it's like at a certain point, man, <laughs> this is your fucking world. All right. <laughs> you don't know how to be normal anymore. Um, and it's like a little it's like, like, is the FBI in the how to clean up after multiple murders? And just this cheesy line, of course. Why do you think it's run by a man called Hoover? <laughs> yeah, there is no flashback in the Peacock one. I think that's why it doesn't feel as satisfying. Because mm. you don't you don't get any kind of real extra visual information there. Um, um, yeah, just the double slap of Mr. Green with the, like, see, like the Mounties. We always get our man. Mrs. Peacock was a man. Mustard <laughs> slaps him, then Wadsworth. <laughs> oh, the slaps. <laughs> The slaps giving. Um, I love throwing Mr. Green into the uh, bathroom at one point. Yeah. And he goes to the bathroom. <laughs> comes out washing his hands. Oh, <laughs> uh, God. And, like, just, there's so many like good moments. And these characters, they just like fucking seize upon. They pounce upon their goddamn moment and own it. I love the bit where uh, Wadsworth uses a secret passageway to pretend to be the cook dying. Mm. <laughs> she screams again. And then they just like drop him when they see it's him. And he's just like. By now, the cook was already dead. Yeah, so the third ending is is the right and true ending. I, I, here's what really happened. Uh, so we find out Professor Plum killed Mr. Body. Miss Peacock killed the cook, which makes a lot of sense. Colonel Mustard got the key out of the Wadsworth's pocket, killed the motorist, found the passageway. He was the, the one who suggested that they split up, too. Which I yes, like. yes, yeah. Proper military fashion, yeah. Um, Mrs. White turned off the electricity, killed a vet. Miss Scarlet killed a cop. Um I want to play back like the uh, just the scene of Yvette talking to, I guess Miss Scarlet, or she thinks she's talking to Miss Scarlet, and then it's like when she gets closer and she's like, oh, "It's you." Yeah, I guess she would think she was talking to Miss Scarlet there. I mean, may, maybe Mister Body. She's talking to her cohort. Yeah, 
about how somebody else has recognized her. Mm-hmm. And that somebody may or may not be the person who she's stunned to find out is actually in the room with her and kills her. I, I don't know. Yeah, so Miss Scarlet killed the cop. Um, and then eventually Wazer's just like, true or false? And Miss Scarlet's like, true. Who are you, Perry Mason? Two bits with the scene telegram. I love how they just open the door, look at her, and then close the door. She, you don't even have time to rececognize this girl. Uh, I am. You're singing. Tell it. Bam. And then later on, and they decide to move the bodies into the study. There's just like a like jump cut to them like holding the body in the air, and they just drop her and walk back out in the hall. <laughs> I remember what's the plan? It's like eventually, like just dump the bodies in the uh, the cellar, St- like, stack the bodies in the cellar, at least quietly one at a time. Pretend none of this ever happened. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, okay, Wazriff is Mr. Body in the, the right and true ending. So what the fuck did he talk to J. Edgar Hoover about on the phone? I guess he probably just made something up or said, you know, oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Green isn't here. Do mm. you, he, you think he called and asked for Mr. Green? Hi, this is J. Edgar Hoover. Is Mr. Green there? I wonder what J. Edgar Hoover said on that line. Yeah, like who did he ask for? Because <laughs> later on, Mr. Green is like. That call was for me. Yeah, well, he's like, I was going to expose you, and and that's when Wadsworth's like, I know, I chose to expose myself first. It's like he seemingly has suspected. Please, Green there are women time. here. Yeah, <laughs> but is Jager Hoover just in the in the the habit of calling like busting up sting operations? Yeah, I know. Way to blow your man's cover, Jager. <laughs> hey, can I talk to my deep undercover agent? <laughs> uh, so again, communism just a red herring, and I just I love this bit. This would be my number five moment. Why should the police come? Nobody's called them. Yeah, another classic line. They all did it. But if you want to kill Mr. Body, that was me in the hall with the revolver. Oh, the uh, I know because I was there. There's so <laughs> many great just little beats here. I mean, Wadsworth it just he is on fire at the end of this movie. Tim Curry is just a performance for the ages. I've never good seen Rocky her. Horror, but I feel like this must be better. I don't know how it couldn't be. Yeah, I've seen bits of Rocky Horror. It's not really my jam. Mm-hmm. Um, it pains me some of the places that Tim Curry's career went after this. And I, like I try to listen. Yeah. Well, I try to listen to a couple like podcasts talking about this movie just to, I don't know, get some perspective and not just be gushing about it, but it's too late. Um, and some of these people, like, first of all, some podcasts are just bad. Yeah. But like some of these people are just like Congo's his real acting masterpiece. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking Seriously? about? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. It was painful. Um well, he think I think he like voiced the Emperor in like some episodes of like Clone Wars or Rebels or something. Like I guess he does he get, voice work now. Didn't he eventually get fired from that though? Uh, somebody else voices him. I don't know if it was like a firing or scheduling or what. Well, but but yeah. he, um Mr. Pitt voices him, right? Mr. Pitt from Seinfeld? Is it? Okay. Yeah, I wasn't sure. But so, like, I know Tim Curry was the original Batman the Animated Series Joker. And it was was like too dark. Wasn't he in um, in Oscar, right? The Stallone movie? Yeah. I don't think I've seen it. Really? That's like my favorite Stallone movie. Okay. I mean, I I feel like if you like Clue, I don't know, maybe maybe it doesn't hold up, but I feel like it has a similar vibe to Clue. It's more, (laughs) more farce, less mystery. Obviously, You're like, number one, Oscar. Number two, over the top. Yeah, I've never seen over the top. Um, oh, wow. But I, don't know, I, I could be totally wrong. I could watch it now and discover it's awful. But it felt like it has that sort of farcical kind of like theater vibe, you know, of running around a, a house, running into you know different situations and whatnot. 
I just remember like he was always very weird in everything he showed up. Like I want to say he's the bad guy. Oh shit, it might be it might be uh, William Shatner. I'm thinking of. I yeah. thought Tim Curry was the bad guy in like National Lampoon's Loaded Weapon One. There's uh, yeah, it's trash. But like I have this this thing in my mind of him like wearing a military uniform when he's gotten a little bit bigger and he's super campy all the time and he's just like he does his little Tim Curry eye roll and he's like space. Um, I, for like a, as a kid, I, I almost wanted his voice for a, for a while. Just that weird campy theatrical british voice of his mm-hmm. and then yeah he's in legend um there's that yeah i yeah. i haven't seen a lot of the other stuff he's been in but i guess he mostly just does voice work now other than his look in legend it features tom cruise and it features what was probably the coolest person in the world for a while mia sarah um anyway so the rumored fourth ending was something where basically wadsworth killed everyone well no it's something where after the third ending or kind of I, I think it, that's when it happened. It would be like, no, this is the real ending. And it's like Wadworth says that he killed everyone and that he's poisoned them all with like a slow acting toxin, like earlier mm. that night. So presumably they're all about to die. And mm. then like, there's a fight and Wadsworth like escapes. I, I or there's like an escape through the conservatory. They break the glass anyway. And he like, eventually gets, in a, Wadsworth gets into a car and somehow like the dogs from out, like the Doberman from outside is like in the car and like kills it. Like a, like it's a, you know, dinosaur from Jurassic Park or something. Yeah. So they scripted it. They, I don't think they ever filmed it because it was trash. And then it's just would have been really long. By, yeah. Yeah. There's like a novelization and this was confirmed in that. <laughs> the old movie novelizations. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, anything else you want to discuss before we get to our make one change in power rankings? Um, No. No, the movie's great. I'm sorry, again, it's just us gushing over the movie. <laughs> hey, man, this is an all-time classic. I feel yeah. no shame. No. Would you change anything about this movie? Mm, that's a good question. I don't know, because this is so, like, gospel to me. Um, I want to say no. I just can't think of it. I can only think of two potential things. Um, I think... All three, I mean, it's pointless now, but all three endings should have been in the theatrical release. You know, mm. I feel like it it just works better with all the endings together. Um, so obviously that's the way it is now, so you don't need to change that. Um, the only other thing I could see slightly adding in was it would be neat to see flashbacks of Professor Plum killing Mr. Body and Peacock killing the cook. And mm. they could just be really quick shots, like a few seconds or something. But we kind of get all the other stuff happening. We don't get that, though. Hmm. But other than that, no, no changes. Okay. Um, I ranked like pretty much everyone in the movie, so I have fourteen. Yeah, I I cut myself off at ten, and I left a lot out, of course. Mm-hmm. So let's do your your fourteen through eleven. So fourteen had the cook, okay, her of one line and not a particularly flattering role. Uh, mm. Number thirteen, the chief of police. That guy creeps me out. Twelve, singing telegram, <laughs> and number eleven, the motorist. Yeah, the motorist doesn't make my 10 just because he's not as good as the cop. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, who do you have number 10? Uh, number 10, I've got Howard Hess, the uh, the chief. Oh, the wow. That guy ranked you. that high, huh? Okay. Yeah. I. It's Howard Hess, so Didn't he's kind of memorable rank? to me. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. Yeah, that guy, I, I think he just freaks me out. Interesting. Like, just from a little kid. Well, this yeah. is how you don't become head of the class. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, religious household and whatnot, like in Armageddon top as well. It's like scary, you know? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Did you have a lot of Armageddon talk in the household? That's, that's what people use to scare you when you're a little kid, you know? Anyway, number 10, I had the cop. Um, the cop's pretty funny. Yeah, he's good. I don't know if we necessarily need to see him like checking out the car beforehand, but that's a nice little interlude. Um, but yeah, just, these are just people having a good time. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know it was that free. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my number nine is this was my number nine. And my number eight are kind of tied because they're both good. My number nine is Mr. Body. Yeah, me too. Because he's not a whole lot there. I, I waver back and forth for thinking of he's like the weakest part of the movie or the or like just a strong addition. He has um, like a good little monologue, but he's he's kind of like he's off, I think, in some of the other scenes. Like he I guess you could attribute it to him like he's we're supposed to believe just playing a role. You yeah. know, like he's not and rebelling he's, against he doesn't that role. seem particularly um cultured for a butler, I guess you would say, you know. No, I wouldn't let this guy being in charge of my house and kitchen staff. Yeah. It looks um, like you hide the silver from this guy. He's like you said, he's got an interesting energy. And I know when we say the word energy now, it's not like, even though he grabs Yvette's ass, it's cold. It's like, he's just doing this to upset the soul order. Yeah. yeah. Whereas like plum, I think would, would take it out and like Louis CK, this entire group, if he could. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, though so, again, just like this crazy fucking punk rocker for pun for a name. Like <laughs> I like him. So he's my number nine. Is that his real name? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if his real name is Lee. Is that the only reason they cast him? (laughs) We like your name. (laughs) I guess I can look him up. Yeah. Who do I got here? Number eight. Professor Plum. Oh, Um, it's not his real name. Bummer. Oh, it isn't? Okay. That makes sense. Fucking pocket first. Giants one today. Oh, I don't have Yvette on here. Oh, yeah, I do. I'm sorry. Never mind. Yeah, Plum. He's fine. He's just such a sleaze. It's it's hard to really rank him higher. Um, he's mm-hmm. got some good lines. I, I think his best bit is the uh, you know long black car. You know he's like kind of like playing around there and like joking. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, he's just like such a cad. You know, is that your number eight? That is my number eight. Okay, my number eight is um, the cop. And again, like I said, it could be tied with with Mister Body. This guy has got chops. He's of all like these like little tertiary characters who kind of hover around the main group. He's got the most to do and he's the best with it. Um, I, I really like the cop in this. So, yeah. No, correction. I read that wrong. Giants did not win. Um, okay. Where are we at? Number seven. Yep. Miss Peacock. Uh, it, interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 tough, obviously, to rank some of these because they're all good, but. Miss Peacock, I think, like Professor Plum, she's just not as like enjoyable of a character. She's kind of mm-hmm. like negative through the whole movie. So you know, it's great performance, but still not not the favorite. Yeah, I'm going to go with the same because it, it turned me off on her a lot because she was the senator's wife, the conservative one, the fuddy duddy, always judging people so harshly. That kind of garish look that was alive at the same time. She really likes chilled monkey brains. <laughs> Um, it's not to like more recent viewings where I was just like, God damn, Elaine Brennan is just like devouring this role. Like she's so good at making me hate her and her little bits. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, let's see. Number six. Hmm. I almost feel like this should be higher. So I like this character, uh, Yvette. Wow. Okay. I, I, Same. I, I can Same. maybe go higher with Yvette. Um, but yeah, I'd have her there. I find her to be one of the more, 
compelling characters just because she is kind of putting on a role through the whole thing. And occasionally mm. she slips out of it, you know, like when she's firing the gun um, or obviously, you know, right before she gets murdered. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know she's of, of all the, the victims that she's definitely the most engaged with the rest of the, the cast there. Well, and holy fucking shit. Like Yvette has worked like, like Colleen camp has, probably like 40 credits <laughs> to her name. I mean, goddamn, she's still working. She was in that fucking, uh, house of the clock on the walls movie. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. I saw that. She's in Diary of the vengeance. Like she's fucking, she's, she's been adding credits to her IMDb over and over again. Um, like I said, at first she's initially played for this, just so generic on its face, like sex pot role. And then you find out that it's, it's kind of meant to be played up that ridiculous, which is either good or bad, but like, yeah, I just I like the idea of her running around and like and like deviously killing people on Scarlet's orders. They make I, a good pair. I love the the I guess it's not the real what happened, but the flashback to Yvette hiding in you know coming out of the uh, the passageway and hiding and then sneaking up on Mister Body and killing him. Like that's mm-hmm. a pretty cool little sequence there. Mm-hmm. No mercy. Right. I am a lady. How do you know what kind of pictures they are? If you're such a lady. <laughs> All right, where are we at? Number five? Yeah. Who you got? I got Professor Plum. Um, wow, okay. As sleazy as he is, Christopher Lloyd is really conveying this energy. <laughs> he's got some great one-liners. He's very wry. He's very slick in a little bit of stuff. He's, again, a fucking dirtbag, but this is, I might argue, like, understated-wise, this is, like, Christopher Lloyd's best role, maybe? I'm just, like, counting here. Do you not have one of the main people in your top uh four there uh, i feel like you're missing someone i don't hmm. think so but yeah um i mean i don't know doc brown is pretty iconic but he, professor plum he's he's very good at the role in this christopher lloyd is it's just like he's such a sleaze mm-hmm. uh number five i have mrs white wow okay. yeah th- these these get tough to rank like i said and I like I, right now I'm looking at my number three and thinking he, I could have dropped him lower, but yeah, flames, flames on the side of my face, <laughs> breathing, heaving breaths. Fantastic. Wouldn't mind being husband number six. Um, my number four. You like to live dangerously, huh? I do. Thank so, you for noticing. Soft, strong, disposable. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Life after death. <laughs> I'm also not a very good illusionist. Um, <laughs> My number four is Mr. Green. Uh, again, like Michael McKean. Um, Can I just interject real quick? We didn't even mention the his head quotes cut off. And his, um, you know, they all cross their <laughs> legs. <laughs> I love that Miss Scarlet is so keen to use their information, including Mrs. White's like dead physicist husband. Mm-hmm. And I kept thinking like, how is a guy with no head and no dick like, really be a fountain of information for you? <laughs> That's right. I'm going to mention both of those. No head and no dick. Um, yeah, Michael McKean is so good. And I don't watch Better Call Saul, so put down the fucking tweet. I don't care. But, like, what happened to Michael McKean? Like, what? He's a fucking genius. I mean, this, Spinal Tap, some of the other Christopher Guest shit he did. I feel like it's a lot of, like, his style of comedy isn't as in demand, and so he's doing more dramatic stuff. Yeah, and he's and he's good at it. And I want to mm-hmm. say, I don't remember who it was. It's fantastic. Yeah. 
But like comedians do tend to make really good dramatic actors because they t- tend to know where the comedy comes from. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was even good in like his little bit parts, like the X Files. If you remember his like few guest starring. Oh yeah, there. yeah, he was fantastic. Yeah, as like the, the uh, sleazy Mister X. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like when he gets to switch bodies with Mulder, and he just decides to fucking live it up. I love that whenever someone switches bodies with Mulder, they're like, "The first thing I'm going to do, the first thing I'm going to do is fuck Scully." <laughs> Or try, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I have Mr. Green at number four as well. I feel like if you'd asked me to make this ranking before I rewatched the movie, he'd probably be lower. But on rewatch, I was really just noticing how much he's doing, often kind of in the background or just like reactions and whatnot. But like, he's really funny in this movie. Mm -hmm, I think like mm -hmm. him and uh, Tim Curry are like really vibing and like playing off each other in this. Yeah, vibes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, My number three. like I want to sit here and tell you that my number two and three like could be interchanged, but not really. As much as I I adore this number three character, it's Mrs. White. Mm, um, and I don't know like with like like which hat I'm talking out of here, but like she's so good. Malincon is always so good. I mean, this movie is is sign alone of that. Like she fucking dominates in the bits that she has, and she may be one of the most underserved of the main ensemble. Um, but she owns the bits that she has. She's iconic. Uh, I don't know why people still don't show up to Halloween parties, like dress like Mrs. White and just like crush it um, and then maybe kill people afterwards. But like, she's so good. And then just go see like any Mel Brooks movie where she's in it and dominating. Um, Goddamn. Yeah. My number three, I feel like I should retroactively, like I'm not sure why I put this guy here. I think I was maybe starting at number one and working backwards. Him and Yvette should probably switch places, Uh, but I have Colonel Mustard number three. Um, he does kind of drive a lot of the plot, I suppose you could say, <laughs> and has some funny reactions. You do not have him on your list. I just realized I yeah. don't. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> well, female species is more deadly than the male. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, fuck it. Well, I lost my mommy and daddy. <laughs> but I don't want to like uh, like like belittle Martin Mole's performance. He's so good. Martin Mole's always good in things. Um, I just find his character to be so cheesy. Are you trying to make me look stupid? You don't need any help from me. That's yeah, right. You're trying to make me look stupid from the other guests. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So number two, number one are really the tough ones. Uh, I, number two, I mean, I feel like there's... But as the, you as know much as I'd like to put number two at number one, number one is a force of nature in this movie. So She was Miss Scarlet. Yeah. 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 Miss Scarlet um, is not quite at that level, but very close. She is incredible in this movie. But yeah, you just like she's always like whatever, however good she was the last time you watched this movie. I promise mm-hmm. you, better. Yeah, pay attention to her. She's even better. Her kind of reaction and acting is fantastic. She's so funny. And she's just like, she's got the great villain monologue. She's like the height of sexy, waving that revolver around, uh, just owning every scene she's in. Like, no fucks given at any point. I absolutely cannot imagine Carrie Fisher in this role. I just don't think um, it would have worked. And Carrie Fisher's like non-Star Wars output during this time period was so weird. Like, it's like when Blue Harry Brothers, met Sally and Blues Brothers. When Harry met Sally, Blues Brothers, The Man of One Red Shoe, um, which is a great movie. But like, I, I think Carrie Fisher would seem not as dangerous as Leslie Ann Warren does here. Like Leslie Ann Warren definitely has this vibe of like, like, oh yes, this is like a, a madam. You know, like she's not afraid to get her hands dirty. Where I, I'm not sure if Carrie Fisher would have that quite the same vibe. And retroactively, 
from based on descriptions of the Star Wars Christmas special, I'm very glad that she got the help she needed and went to rehab at this yeah. point. I'm very, very glad. Um, I was just thinking, like mentioning that filmography, like the story of Carrie Fisher, Carrie Fisher's like movie roles in the '80s was like she is like the the cute young vibrant woman of potential who's like saddled with some schlubby fucking loser <laughs> like, like the yeah like there's some fucking dork that she's stuck like in a relationship with and she's usually trying to fuck tom hanks mm-hmm. been there done that um yeah so miss scarlet leslie ann warren is so so good absolutely number but one. number one obviously is wadsworth tim curry his finest performance he is on fire he completely takes over the end of this movie yeah and he's holding together before that too. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's not like he's like not good the rest of it, but like he's just like next level like shooting star at the end of this movie. He is he is the fucking straw stirring this drink. And then by the time you get to the second half of that drink, you're like, oh shit, this is all boozy Tim Curry. This, I'm gonna down it. Yeah. Oh, that his hair is wet through the whole final act here. <laughs> <laughs> like he looks I mean, I know how movies work, but he looks legitimately sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> the way he chases down Mr. Green, like pretending to be the killer mm-hmm. killing Mr. Body. Like he's really going to kill him just to make a point. Yeah. Yeah. And then the physical acting, that's hilarious. Oh, and he might, because he knows. He knows about Mr. Green at this point, too. Like they're playing their own little chess yeah. game, which I, I don't even really notice until I get these more recent viewings, too. So, Would you stop that? <laughs> <laughs> I had to stop her from screaming. Uh, All right. Um, in retrospect, fuck Ryan Reynolds. Who does he think he is? Oh, yeah. We should talk about that a little bit. I mean, would we recommend this movie? Obviously, yes. Yes. I, yes. I mean, I, I guess I would be curious, somebody who's never seen it, like what they would think of this movie when they watch it. I hope they would like it. If also, you don't, you, that's uh, that's your loss. You know? You're old enough to download a podcast. Have you been busy the rest of your life? Like, stop what you're doing. Go watch Clue. I mean, I think I tried to watch this movie with Peanut like three different times and she kept falling asleep. Because it was like late and we were drinking. Um, but All right, we're we're gonna go see Peanut right now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we should go see Peanut right now. But yeah, uh, let's, let's talk about. So I I, I I like remembered reading this and then forgot about it until I started doing research on for this. Ryan Reynolds and like the writer producers of Deadpool, garbage have like a some sort of development thing to do a reboot of this movie. Yeah, that is not the creative team i would really want behind a clue remake so here's what i don't want to hear with clue is is people boasting and jerking themselves off or off, off over like a hard r like no. yeah you don't get it you this don't get it pg yeah yeah i'm not sure I, they I had pg-13 at this point they may have yeah i want future versions of this movie to be like good enough for kids they don't have to get every joke that's totally fine they can grow into it but like I want, I wish upon like some poor child, like to be like me, like seven or eight years old and be like, what is this? It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, do, do your question of would be recommended. I'm looking back at the movies that we've done over the course of head mm-hmm. This to me might be the most recommended movie that I could, I could recommend. Hmm. I mean, I think I mean, I, crouching tiger would also be very, very high on that list. Um, but yeah, yeah but, this one is such a crowd pleaser. Like, I, I feel mean, like how could you not enjoy this movie? And we've done some, we've done some real, we've done some trash. We've done some, oh god, we've done some trash. We have taken out the trash and done some. Um, and we've done some, you know, Criterion classics like uh, I Am Number Four. But like, you know, we've done Star Wars, we've done Indiana Jones, we've done the, the Back to the Futures. But like, 
just pure enjoyment for as many people as possible. I, I can't think of a, mm-hmm. a more crowd pleasing, you know, smart, funny for all seasons movie than this. So, um, yeah, Ryan Reynolds, garbage. Do you want to talk about? I mean, I I feel like ultimately they probably should not reboot this movie, but if they did, do you want to talk casting? Yeah. Did you write down any of the choices we had the other night? I wrote down a lot. Yeah, I, I came up I, some more of my own too. Because I I've written down a couple since then as well. I like that we took a long walk back to our hotel and just pondered mm-hmm. <laughs> a recasting. Um, I feel like it was like, like weirdly inspired by watching Bad Times at El Royale, which is not a good movie. No. <laughs> Not but, a not a terrible movie, but just a, a a mess and a bit of a waste and way too long and mm-hmm. way too Tarantino esque. You're better than that, Drew Goddard. Maybe you're Is not. He? I don't. Yeah, I don't know about I don't, that. I mean, the guy from Buffy and Lost. I would hope he'd have a little better pedigree than this and Cabin in the Woods. But it really felt like a script he's had in his drawer for like 20 years. This was like his original script. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. So we had we came up with one for Wadsworth. I came up with another name that's like super off the wall, maybe, but could be interesting. I've got a couple. Let's talk about our joint pick, though. So I think this is probably the second hardest role to cast. Yeah. Um, as Wadsworth, I mean, it's an iconic performance by Tim Curry for one, and it requires a lot of the actor. I think um, you need like mm-hmm. a certain energy. We came up with Jordan Peele would be yes. a very interesting Wadsworth. Um, I think him over Keegan-Michael Key, just because there's there's something almost too comedic about Keegan-Michael Key. Mm-hmm. Like, he, he, I feel like you just laugh like the moment he's on screen before he's done anything because he just has that kind of face, you know? Um, but I think Jordan Peele can at least, like, turn it up and down a little bit more there. Yeah, I don't want to use this word too much, but again, the wryness of him. Like, the... Rye, like so much W-R-Y. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. And also the way he pours. Um, but like he's just he's got that dryness mm-hmm. that I think is so much better uh, better suited to this role than Keegan Mike and Michael Pill. Like I, I, I like Keegan a lot. Um he's my he's my second favorite Keegan, obviously. But like I, I I like you said, I think he's a little too on the nose of his campiness. I mean, maybe as like a professor plum, but uh He almost seems like I really like him as a, as a comedic performer. He almost seems like too funny. Like he'd stick yeah. out a little, um, but Jordan yeah. Peele, I think would be a fascinating Wadsworth here. I mean, a different vibe, but I feel like he's got the range to pull off like a very funny Butler. Okay. Um, yeah. What's your other names that you came up with? So I have two. Okay. First one. This one is very weird. I don't know if I I'm going to have like the same name. Like that would be wild, but go ahead. Jason Schwartzman. That was not who I had. Who'd you have? Schwartzman. Uh, I had Tom Hardy. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. He's way too big. He's way too occasionally jacked. <laughs> no, yeah. He put what him you, in a suit. You, okay. Talk, talk to us out. He's, not, he's not that jacked. So Tom Hardy, I feel like recently he just like does movies where he wears weird masks and like is doing weird voices. But like oh. once upon a time, he would like flex a little more into like the comedy style, like Eames and, uh, and uh, what's it called? Inception. I feel like if you could, I don't know, convince him or inspire him enough to be in this movie, he would turn in a really interesting performance because he, I do think he has the range to pull off a Tim Curry type performance. He hasn't mm-hmm. done it in a while, but I think it's there. Hmm. Hmm. Not feeling it. Um, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, 
I don't know. I'm trying to think it out, but I'm also trying to think of a joke, which is just a stupid place to be. But just uh, uh, let me try this out. Let me see how this feels. Let me okay. <clears throat> get in space. You see, like the Mounties, we always get our man. No, um, communism was just a red herring. I would want him to play it as Eames, though. I think you don't know. I think it'd be, first of all, I don't think you'd do it if you said just play Eames. I think yeah, yeah, just yeah. say, like, give us your take on Wadsworth and, and see what he comes up with. It could be a disaster. It could be, like, iconic. Try to dream a little bit bigger, darling. Because, um, mm-hmm. again, with Venom, is he really doing that Eddie Brock voice from the trailer in the whole movie? Because I don't think I could sit there for that. Yeah, pretty much. Ooh, ooh it's killing me. Um, yeah, so my other choice. I know... So when you and I were talking that one night, you were like, I don't know if you need to like, like gender flip some of the roles. I don't think mm. like they're powering. They don't get you anything. I came up with, with a gender flip for Wadsworth though. Mm. Cause it, okay. it excited me. Kristen Bell. Hmm. That's interesting. I almost feel like she might be a little young, but maybe not. I mean, it's it, like, how old do you think Wadsworth in this? I feel like these people could be anywhere from like 25 to 45. Yeah. It's a good point. Well, and this yeah. is the other thing too. This is the rule we put on ourselves earlier. Cause we came up with a lot of good names they were all way too old because we were inspired by John Ham, but we were like, John Ham's a little. Ham could probably do it. I don't think Ham's that old. I, I don't think he could go up to like Clooney, um, like that well, type of age. But Clooney, Clooney could only do this in like the Coen Brothers version. I guess I know? feel like if you're going to remake this movie, it should be like an Ocean's Eleven style production or something where like you have to go get huge names. Like, like I don't want to see a reboot of this where like you got a bunch of ringers from like the various kind of like comedy troops. Like I don't want the Apatow version of this, no. like Seth Rogen and Paul Rudd. I don't want the SNL version. I don't want like Kristen Wiig and Melissa McCarthy. Um, you got to like, just go get really huge names, like good actors who are funny and not just like the usual comedian ringers. So here's the idea. Yeah. We wanted slightly, we wanted to skew it slightly younger. Uh, the name that I threw out for like literally all three of the main female characters was Emma Stone. Because mm-hmm. fucking tell me Emma Stone, especially after Maniac, couldn't play Mrs. White, Miss Scarlet, and Miss Peacock. If, oh, at first I was going back and forth between who she would play, but after watching this, I think she would make a good Miss Scarlet. She's a little young for it, but I oh, think for sure. she yeah, has... That's the first one I put her in. I think she has the, I don't know, the energy, the kind of like the firecracker, you know, like um, reactions and whatnot to pull off a Miss Scarlet. Like, she has like a, a very kind of like fun energy about her that I think would work. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And those big eyes, of course. I don't know how anyone's not going as like her elf character from uh, Maniac for Halloween. I still or any that. any character she plays in Maniac. Yeah. Uh, do you have anyone for Mr. Body? Uh, do I have anyone for Mr. Body? I actually don't. I, I have. I wrote down this name. Uh, Benicio Del Toro. Okay. I don't know what you'd get out of that performance, but um, I mean, it's not like Lee being really like put in an iconic turn or anything. So, but I feel I'm like Del Toro would be interesting in this. I'm just picturing him like playing DJ as Mr. Body. <laughs> just kill Wadsworth. Yeah, no stutter this time, Benicio. I'm looking at my names that I have for the motorist, which is kind of like stunt casting. They could probably be playing Mr. Bodies, but I don't want to pull them out yet. Uh, I don't know if I have everyone, but. All right. Well, I, let want... me just go down the line. Uh, Colonel Mustard. Who do you got? Colonel Mustard. Okay. I have some weird choices. Did we have anyone down from that? I, I came up with one. You weren't totally on board. I have two here. They're both a little off the wall. Okay. What do you got? Uh, first choice would be John Cho. 
I just I feel like he has a certain energy of like a befuddled straight man that might work as Colonel Mustard. As Colonel Mustard, though? Yeah. John Cho would be a good Mr. Body, I think. Would he? I don't, I don't know. Or I even a good Mr. Green. Hmm. I don't know. I, I guess I see him more. I, I'm thinking a lot of his character in the TV show Selfie. It's okay. kind of like the the straight man. Um. So that that's where I'm seeing him as Colonel Mustard. Is it? I was just thinking like Karen Gillan playing these roles, but she's a little tall. She's like awkwardly Scottish <laughs> tall. You can't hold being tall against her. I mean, she could be Miss Scarlet. Um, is it weird for me to say, like, I think John Cho is one of those actors I realistically would like to be bros with. Oh, no, not at all. Seems like a bro. Like, I, like I, I get the impression he's like not an asshole, but if he is an asshole, it's like, yeah. I secretly yeah, I want him to be Bruce Wayne. Uh, or- so you totally burned me, John Cho. Like, you made me look like a fool in front of a lot of people. And I feel awesome about it. Yeah, cool. <laughs> Um, yeah, I secretly want him to be Batman. That'd be very interesting. Mm-hmm. It'd be a lot more interesting than some of the fucking names they came up with. Uh, do you have any anyone for Colonel Mustard yourself? Oh, so here's two that I came up with. I'm not totally into these, but I just kind of thought he was in the shower this morning. Uh, Nick Offerman? Yeah, it's almost too on the nose, but yeah, he, he could do it for sure. Secondly, I don't know why this one came to me, but Jeff Daniels. Hmm. I could kind of see that he's a little old and I, I don't know. We haven't seen him play a sharper guy. I mean, I guess like Obadiah Stane is the last role I can remember where he's not no, 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 a little no, no, befuddled. No, 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 oh, wait, no, Jeff Daniels. Think- sorry. Okay. Yeah. But sorry. Daniels. Thinking of Jeff Bridges. Um, Daniels. Jeff, I don't want the, uh, bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Daniels would be interesting. Yeah. He could do it. I don't think he's quite too old for it. 10 years we've had like a Jeff Danielsons. Yeah. Like uh, he, he's come a long way since like shitting in that toilet. That doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, that, that'd be good. My other uh, potential for Colonel Mustard and this would, he wouldn't do it. I don't think, but um, this would be like an interesting flex for this actor to like play against type. Uh, mm-hmm. The rock. Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> It's like, look, the rock, like, do do you need to take a few cheat days? We're just going to put you in a suit. You don't have to like do any flexing. You don't have to, you know, like lift anything heavy. It's, it's all performance. It's, it's not the physical part this time. I'm sorry. And I complained about Tom Hardy being too big. (laughs) (laughs) I don't, Tom Hardy is not that jacked. He's, I feel like he's a little guy. Can you imagine the fucking like? I guess there's not a lot with Colonel Mustard, but like the physical comedy of like somebody being thrown, like trying to throw the rock around. He is the fucking door that Wadsworth tries to run into at one point. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm trying to picture him doing his big dumb eyebrow thing while he's just like the female of the species is more deadly than the male. <laughs> I feel like that would be as as his uh, career advisor. I would say do something a little different. Oh, for sure. Like. Do a Coen Brothers movie. Have a little a, fun, yeah. Maybe steer just ever so slightly back into that, that pain and gain thing. Mm-hmm. Like you're you're not an unfunny guy. You're just you look inhuman with all the muscles. Like you have muscle groups that. Well, I think if you were just had like, him in like a of, like, suit the whole people. time, he'd be big, but he wouldn't. He wouldn't just be seen all as like bulging, you know, muscles. Like you have to do a little bit of that like Hobbit CGI thing to shrink <laughs> him down. <laughs> Which I'm into. <laughs> All right. Uh, Professor Plum. Now, you, I think, originally suggested uh, Justin Theroux for this, right? Yeah, that'd be a good one. I have one since then, but yeah, Justin Theroux would be a really interesting one. Just the question is, will he actually show his dick? Because I feel like Theroux is into that. 
do we need him to show his dick? I, I thought know, we were just, going for the PG rating here. He's like, I'm, I'm trying just saying, to traumatize these little kids watching he's the like, movie. I will literally do it. <laughs> What's the DVD situation? You can do an unrated version. Here's my dick. Hmm. I don't know. Thoreau is not bad. Do you have another one? Uh, so I know you disagreed on this. But I feel like the the bigger name version of Thoreau is just Robert Downey Jr. Oh yeah, I do because uh, old and just. All your money's going to Robert Downey Jr. It's now Robert this Downey is, Jr. Don't worry about the money. This is fancy casting. You know, they all get a cut or whatever. But I feel I, like he could do a pretty good CAD. Obviously. Okay, so here's the other one I came up with since then. Tell mm-hmm. me what you think. Tom Hiddleston. Um, hmm. Maybe, you know, I haven't really seen him in anything besides Loki. So <laughs> it's hard. it's hard for me to not picture him as the, you know, Greek god of mischief there. Or not the Greek god, Norse god. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I I would need to see even more things where I could uh, sign off on that. I'm not saying okay. no, but okay. I don't know. I feel like if you could, a lot of these, it's like you need to properly inspire these actors to bring their A game. Like mm. Downey, you don't you would not want him doing Tony Stark. You need him to actually play a different character. Yeah. Well, I think it's interesting what we're not talking about here, and it's a huge deal. We're not talking about like behind the camera talent because I couldn't begin to tell you who I'd want to direct this. I mean, modern movie wise, the the crew behind Game Night, I feel like I yeah. like their sensibility. It wasn't just cringe comedy. Um, I was really looking for somewhere to slot in uh, Rachel McAdams here, but I couldn't find anything for her. Um, like, but that, that's the only one that came to mind to me. Here's the contract that I want with movies. Give me just one Game Night a month. Mm-hmm. If I knew one movie of that quality would be in theaters every month, I'd feel a lot better about the whole movie industry. <laughs> like, um, okay, Mr. so who's Mr. That? Green, I just have one name for this. I don't have Mr. Green on my list. Go, John Hamm. Okay, I just put glasses on that guy. I feel like he could do a very good, funny John Hamm, uh, Mr. Green. You know, the nice thing about his role in Bad Times of the El Royale, no spoilers is he gets to play a little bit of the sleaze factor. Then he gets to play a little bit more of basic guy. Because John Hamm in the movies is always a dirtbag for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to, I've only seen like maybe five or six John Hamm movies, but he's always playing like a creepo, except for like maybe the he day was, that stood still remake, which he's barely in. He was fairly straight laced in um, the town, if I recall correctly. I didn't see he that. Was just like, like FBI uh, guy. Yeah. The movie he did with, his longtime girlfriend before they broke up. I think it's called like friends with kids or oh, like that. Friends with money. Is it friends with money? Yeah. Like he's, yeah. They eventually broke up. And yeah. True broke, broke the rule there. I was supposed to do a movie. No music videos, no movies with your, uh, I think they had done a couple at that point. So they were really stretching their mm-hmm. like 16 year relationship. But, uh, like he was a super sleaze, um, in the one with the Kristen wig. What's that one called? Bridesmaids. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he was, he was he's like the best part of that movie. Yeah. He's like he's like the the realistic case of like why you don't get into like the friends with benefits situation mm-hmm. with dirt bags. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm laughing about something else. Um, yeah, so but still, he's John Hamm. So when you're John Hamm, you're John Hamm, right? Yeah, uh, Miss Scarlet. I just have Emma Stone. Um, I mm. think she'd be perfect in the role. She'd be perfect. You got any other choices for that or? Miss Scarlet? No, that's all I'm thinking about. Is Emma Stone right now? 
I've got like three for Mrs. White. I think this is the second hardest role to cast. Okay. Yeah, I've got a couple, including including Emma Stone, just for fun. Mm-hmm. Um, go for yours first. Mine are weird. I think the best choice for this would probably be Parker Posey. Whoa. Okay. Because she's got kind of like that weird oddball energy, which I feel like Mrs. White has a little bit she's, of. She's basically playing Mrs. White if she was a Jackie O cosplayer in house of yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it's a shame that Jacob Clifton is a listener to our podcast. Cause he and I would be high-fiving through the internet over this, but like, yeah, I, I don't know about now. I don't want to say she's, I don't want to say any female actor is too old for anything, but I kind of feel like the way I envision this project, she might be like 10 years behind this, but she would have been born to play that role. That's a good one. Well, I mean, they're all just in like evening wear. So I feel like it's, Age isn't a huge factor, but they're like, like, like we said, Clooney. I feel like that's too old for this. Like well, and go- but Clooney, Clooney, it's not just the age. It's like mm-hmm. he's got to step outside of himself and play not just the handsome guy who or the weird guy, yeah, like who makes like eye contact with you because that's mm-hmm. basically Clooney's move, right? Yeah, he looks down and then he makes eye contact with you and has a little subtle smile, and you're like, <gasps> yeah. Um, okay, mine. Do you have more, Mrs. White? A few more. Uh, why don't you tell me some of yours and we'll get back to some of mine. So first one, I'm just kind of throwing out. She might also be a good Miss Peacock, uh, though I have a great one for Miss Peacock. Uh, Mindy Kaling. Hmm. I'm trying to think if she's ever done something this sinister. Oh, you know, who I just thought of is what's her name from 30 Rock? Um, Jenna. Oh, you know, I, I I thought about her. I wasn't part of these. I'm like trying to like go with the biggest name I can. So I think gotcha, that's why gotcha. I didn't include her. But yeah, Jane Krakowski. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Mindy Kaling came to me like in the shower. That sounded weird. Um, the mm-hmm. idea of Mindy Kaling in this role occurred to me while I was bathing myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, that sounded even weirder. Um, yeah. What else do you got? Jennifer Aniston. I feel like she could do the flames speech pretty well. Although she hasn't, I feel like she hasn't tried in a movie in quite a while. So that'd be another like need to get the actor to kind of bring their a game. This is shitty. I want to. I want to borrow and modify the joke from Scream Two. It's Jennifer Aniston, but with the acting abilities of Courtney Cox. Yeah. <laughs> um. While I ponder that, can I just ask to the audience? Is rumor has it is that a real movie? Is that is that a, I know the plot of it, but is that real? Like, does that actually happen? Is that the one with Kevin Bacon? No, uh, not Kevin Bacon. Kevin Costner. That's the one where it's like a like a like a hornier bad sequel to the graduate sort of yeah i vaguely remember the trailer i'm just thinking she had like a it's been a while this is like 20 years ago probably like she did this rom-com with kevin bacon where like Mm -hmm. he was like this like sleazy womanizer and he only dated chicks who were like involved with other guys already and so Mm -hmm. she like pretends to be dating somebody else so she can date kevin bacon makes no sense at all but yeah is that the one where, where paul rudd's pretending to be gay or he is actually gay or he's pretending Maybe, to actually be gay i can't remember it was right it was right around the time of my best friend's wedding i feel like uh, okay <laughs> that monster um because rumor has it's the one where it's like i think my family is actually based my the graduate is like based on my family and then i meet the guy and then i have sex with him even though like that's all he wants for me and i don't want to do it but i do it anyway and then also he might be my dad and somehow mm. i'm also dating ruffalo <laughs> ruffalo yeah the ruffalo getting gruffalo in that um yeah okay huh 
2005 movie. I'm just looking it up now. The movie of Kevin Bacon? Yeah. Kevin Con- uh, no, the, the rumor has it. So what's the Kevin Bacon one? Uh, I don't know. I can figure that out in a bit. Do you have any more names for okay, so this Lyon? one? This one is a little wild. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it came to me. I don't know. I, I'm going to throw it out there. Um, I, I'm going to butcher the actress's pronunciation of her name. Denai Greer. Okoye from okay, uh, yeah. mm-hmm. the Avengers. Okoye, yeah, from uh, uh, Black Panther is probably what she's. Yeah, Michonne there, so. from The Walking Dead, I mm-hmm. guess. I I feel like she might have it. I feel like she might have it to be a really interesting Mrs. White. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I was uh, thinking perhaps along similar lines. Um, maybe too old, but maybe not. Um, and eh, blanking on the name now, Angela Bassett. Okay, I thought of her. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Mm-hmm. I just I feel like Angela Bassett should be in more stuff. So I'm just like looking for a place mm-hmm. to put her in here. Angela Bassett's timeless. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, remember along came Polly. Ugh. Oh, that was Ben Stiller. Yeah, and Philip Seymour Hoffman as like his the the friend. But I think it was Everyone... Picture Perfect was the one with uh, Kevin Bacon. Oof. Everyone, stop what you're doing. Let's look at Jennifer Aniston. Oh, Jay Moore is the uh, the lead, the main dude Jay. in that. Oh, Jay Moore. Mm-hmm. Remember, remember him? <laughs> yeah, Jay Moore's like crowning achievement is just he does an okay Christopher Walken impression. <laughs> Holy crap, she was in Mac and Me and then Leprechaun. Wowza. Uh, but yeah, Mrs. White would be. I almost feel like. Parker Posey could probably pull off like the Madeline Connors of it, but otherwise, I think you need the actor to just do their own thing a little bit with the role. Like, don't even try. Mm -hmm. Wow, this her filmography is, and I say this with love, it is depressing. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, Miss Peacock or Mrs. Peacock. All right. I have one. I'm kind of proud of this. I don't know if that's a good thing or bad thing. Julia Louis Dreyfus. Yeah, me as well. I feel like the two names I have for Miss Peacock are like super obvious, almost mm-hmm. like to the point where they're ringers. But yeah, Julie Louis Dreyfus, I feel like could pull off a very entertaining Miss Peacock. Was she on your list too? Yeah. Oh, nice, 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 nice. Who's your other one? Uh, Amy Poehler. Okay. Not feeling it. No, it makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. I, I almost <laughs> feel like she's she makes too much sense, but yeah, you'll you'll definitely get Nick off. <laughs> Hmm. Uh, do you have anyone for the motorist? Uh, I do actually. I have two. I don't know why. Oh, was, was that all you had for Peacock? Yeah, I just have Julie okay. Louis Dreyfus. Yeah. Um, this is kind of stunt-ish casting, considering the motorist doesn't have a whole lot to do, like compared to the cop per se. Um, Bj Novak, which I feel like I'm throwing him a bone there. Okay. Um, Adam Scott. <laughs> I said we need bigger names. Yeah, Adam Scott. That'd be interesting. Adam Scott might even be able to do uh, Wadsworth mm. if you go American. Yeah, I don't know. I just like, take him a little bit down from Trevor in the Good Place, a little bit down, or maybe a little bit up. I don't know. I'd be fine as an American Wadsworth, I guess, but I feel like we could do better there. Adam Scott, what's your accent game like? Yeah. Um. So this <laughs> one, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Maybe a little bit of typecasting for the motorist, but I feel like. This guy just does such a good, like, what the fuck is going on here type of vibe. Um, mm-hmm. Daniel Kaluuya. Ooh. Okay. 
like just as the guy whose car breaks down and he's just like, it's a lot of strange people here and they're having some kind of party. (laughs) One of them is my old boss. I mean, this is like a very small role, but I feel like he could bring a lot to it or at least he'd bring a familiarity to the vibe he's putting out there. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Do you have anyone for Uh, the cook? I don't have anyone for the cook. I'm afraid. I mean, I don't know, like Leslie Jones. I don't, I don't have anyone. Yeah. The only thing I can think is that you'd want to drive comedy like from somebody who's like very physically big. Like, so like Gwendolyn Christie, you know, like somebody who's like really hard to lift basically. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be a very tall Uh, cook. Who did we have as green again? Um, Oh, John Hamm. John Hamm. Help me. Help me. (laughs) I mean, there's like, she has one fucking line in the movie. So I don't know if you're like doing anything else to that role or what? Like, I'm just trying to picture John Hamm carrying around Captain Phasma. <laughs> sure. <laughs> or yeah, Leslie Jones as well. She's also super tall. That would be, I mean, I don't know. I feel like the, the only real potential for performance there is really like dead body acting. Yeah. You know, like, do you, do you want to do the thing where they're like stuck with like a weird look on their face the whole time or something like that? <laughs> but that, I feel like that takes, like when you go into the my weekend of Bernie's, thing you're you're getting away from how i mean the problem is it it has to be its own thing it can't just be like carrying over the vibes from the original whatever i think i don't matter how good it is but it's like it like the tone like i feel like you 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 lose the potential like like fine line of the tone with just a lot of like reaction shots from the corpses well i think the the way to play that like we talked about earlier without like without drawing attention to it, it would be like one of the bodies has like a weird look on their face and it's the uh-huh. same look the whole time, but it's just kind of there and it's funny and no one comments on it, but you know, the audience notices. So the, the joke comes back in when the cop shows up and like, you have to do something to hide that look, like put sunglasses on her or something like that. See, yeah. yeah no, I, I feel like even that's too much. You like, you never really want to okay. reference the odd look. It's just there for the audience to enjoy. Uh, do you okay. have anyone for the cop? I don't. The cop's a tough one. I, I started to think of like Craig Robinson, but I was like, no, that's too, it's too big. It's too broad. Um, so I don't have anyone for the cop. Did, okay. we, did we have anyone that night? Yeah, we came up. Um, Benedict Wong. Okay, okay. Uh, probably best known as playing Wong in Doctor Strange, or um, he was in the uh, Marco Polo series. Uh, but he's I feel like he was in Black Mirror. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's in The Martian. Um, I think he would do kind of fuddled, like funny, seemingly good-hearted. You know, like nice guy. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. gets the lead pipe. But yeah, I think he he could do a good approximation of what we got from the cop in this movie. Okay. And I think I have one choice for seeing Telegram. Oh, oh uh, Ariana Grande? Just because she's been on the news, sure, yeah. But nothing for, what's his name? Uh, Pete <laughs> Davidson is Wadsworth. Uh, yeah, I'm going to pretend you didn't say that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pretend I didn't as well. Um, I only have one name for Yvette. Do oh, do you got me? I got ScarJo. Oh yeah, we came with ScarJo that night. I kept going back and forth like ScarJo and Emma Stone for Miss Scarlet. Um, Why? Why wouldn't you cast the highest paid Asian actress of all time? I think uh, as Yvette, like at first I was like, oh maybe we need to get someone French, and then I was like, oh wait, but Yvette isn't actually French, and I I trust Scarlett Johansson to put on a ridiculous French accent and just like ham it up. She could really John ham it up, yeah, for sure, for Mm -hmm. sure. Um. I mean, it would be ScarJo like pulling a Matt Damon, I think, to a certain degree. 
Yeah, no Damon in this. No, no, no. But, but I mean, like the way Matt Damon would do these like, yeah. ridiculous comedic roles out of nowhere. Yeah. I mean, it's been a while since we've seen her. And I'm trying to think if ever she's really done something. I mean, she gets her like comedy lines occasionally in the Marvel movies, but. I mean, she's kind of the straight person in Ghost World. Mm-hmm. I feel like she could be funny. Um, I had some random names for the chief of police. I feel like this is where you go your your big cameo. Okay, I've got three. I don't know what if you have any. I, I I mean, like Keegan Michael Pill might be an interesting one there mm, if you okay. have to have the two guys together. But what do you got? This one he would not do it. Um, Denzel. Oh. When I Denzel, feel like he's got a little bit. He can turn on. It's fine line between like menacing and like creepy, but I feel like he could pull it off, you know. Because like the first time you see this guy in the movie, it's like, what the fuck? This is weird, you know. Yeah. Say so when Denzel tells me that the um, <laughs> that the uh, kingdom of heaven's upon us, I'm mm-hmm. a little freaked out. He's a little tense. Yeah. Okay. What uh, else do you have? Second name. Also, probably wouldn't do it, but who knows? Tom Hanks. That might be almost too much of like a take you out of the movie moment. What if he had like a weird look? Like he had like the Robert Langdon long hair and a goatee or mm-hmm. something. Yeah, I kind of like Tom Hanks. I always like Tom Hanks, but like I kind of like Tom Hanks in this. Third option. I don't know why I thought of her, but why not? Um, Meryl Streep. Oh, interesting. I mean, these are like nothing roles, so I doubt you get the actors. It's like I feel like the only way this would get made is like you just like talk at all the actors into like, no, no, this will be good. You know, like you just take a cut of the back end. Yeah. But well, if you but had I mean, to reboot it, some some collection of those names. You got a fun movie with other like big name actors laying their hair down. I'd like to think that there's a little bit more that would entice these people than just than just the back end. I don't know. Well, and I, I think just, hey, we're going to put a bunch of big names together. We're going to do it a little bit old school. You know, mm-hmm. it was a lot of like, it's time for you to like show your chops a little. But also like, but, again, but like funny on- chops, you know, like not, not, uh, you know, dramatic chops. It depends on who your director is. Cause some mm-hmm. of these directors, it's just like, look, you want to hang on my set. It's a fun hang. It's going to be chill. You want to be here. Also, you're going to do good work. Um, some some directors have that. Some directors really, really don't. Okay, we might have a movie there. I mean, I don't think they need to remake it, but uh, I'd much rather have no. these collections of names rather than uh, Ryan Reynolds. Who, I mean, who would he play? God, that sounds awful. Like well, Ryan Reynolds as as Wadsworth is awful. That's just ugh. he's. I would argue that he's a better dramatic actor than a comedic actor. I just uh, him and Blake uh, Lively just go back to Canada. Do you not casting Blake Lively in this? He's just I feel like he's what about constantly like that B movie actor in the Anna Kendrick as uh, Mrs. White maybe. Whoa, it's a very petite Mrs. White. I mean, I guess it's tough because all of these roles require a type of acting we don't see a ton of anymore. Yeah. So, Sorely missed. Yeah. By who else would Anna Kendrick play? Scarlet, maybe? I I don't know. Well, honestly, I honestly think she could play any of these roles. Um, I think she's very talented, but like her her on screen persona, I don't know who she'd be in any of these. 
Um, but like, you know, like based on like the sense of Anna Kendrick you, you get from like Twitter and like real life and stuff like that, I think she could be very interesting as any of these. I mean, she could even be like a Miss Peacock and just be like a fun, young Miss Peacock. It's a little sassy. Yeah, I guess it'd be, have to be like a very young senator's wife. <laughs> yeah. Um, just maybe just even stupider glasses. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. She could be the singing telegram girl. <laughs> Weird cameo. I almost feel like you have to get some performer for that. Yeah. Yeah. Someone who where heaven's going to be a place on earth for them. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Just, just if you're out there and you're listening, please don't remake this, please. Probably just shouldn't. Yeah. Just don't. It's not good. It's not a good idea. Or cast these people. Maybe it's uh, not as bad as it could be. Ditch Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Yeah. Just ditch. I mean, Mr. Green, eh. Ryan. Eh, I mean, I guess that makes he's the most too, sense, but he's too muggy for the camera. Yeah. Ryan Reynolds, like, if he's going to do uh, beloved or air quotes beloved '80s classic, he should be off doing like a weekend at Bernie's. As I'm Bernie, sure he, uh, no, as one of the two fucking guys. Yeah, I don't think weekend at Bernie's needs a remake. No, for sure. I think we're good on that. We don't need as much corpse play <laughs> films, but like. Um, but I just, you know, the only thing I would say is if you're going to remake this, don't lose that, like, not so low key horny energy. Just ramp it up. Would you change the, if, the time period or would you keep it in the 50s? I, that's a good question because the 50s thing, they really get at something kind of interesting there. Like the Red Scare. The Red Scare and all that stuff. The the Joe McCarthyism of it all. I mean, well, you know, we, we had the same thing in the seventies. We I haven't mean, mentioned like a Russia scare. We, we haven't mentioned like the, the, if we were remaking this, like the, the line of dialogue we change at the end is Mr. Green. Uh, in the, in the remake, you have him say, I'm going to go home and sleep with my husband. Like, I feel like that's like a good modern update there. If you're going to like keep that character the way it is, but, but, but are you, is, is the joke that he's like heterosexual the whole time? Like, are you, no, I think the joke is just, it's a meta joke basically. Okay, we're, we're we're just diving right into it. Like, yeah, I am seriously going to go sleep with my husband. No, I, th- I think the joke is that the audience knows he used to say it a different way. And now it, this is, you know, 2018. It's okay for him to go home and sleep with his husband. I feel like that's, okay. that's the joke. I'm going to go have like consensual, beautiful love. Like I said, it's a metatextual joke. Okay. That's good. I like it. Um, I mean, like you could do like a modern russia hoax thing i don't know that would work i almost kind of want to say you want to throw these actors into i I feel like it's right it's the kind of thing where if you did it in the modern time it's like wadsworth collects everyone's cell phones at the beginning of the movie or something as fast as possible yeah and just keep the horny energy because if the murders hadn't appeared two or three of these people were going to bang they're going to bang it out why should the police come nobody's called them Uh, all right well that was clue um do we have another movie we were talking about lined up or not i cannot recall i don't think we do what do you want to watch next what do you want to watch it uh probably a couple weeks i don't know what i mean we'll be doing our pl podcast next week so you know watch the spot for that yeah so the question is do you want to do two headcanons a month or just the one you were you were leaning towards one i'm leaning towards two i can do two um do we want to dive into another franchise or kind of pick and choose i don't have any suggestions on the brain at the moment but i'm open to whatever you're thinking 
Uh, I'm not thinking of anything right now. Why don't people tweet at us uh, at Headcanon Pod or yeah. I'm uh, at James Taylor 21, your Marco Sparks. Uh, yeah, hit us up. Let us know if you'd like us to do any movie. Maybe we'll take your suggestion. I believe we took clues to suggestion, so it does happen. Oh, why don't you vamp when I look up this person and thank them by name? All right. Well, I'll go so ahead and vamp a little bit. Um, yeah, like I said, our PLL episode will be out probably around this time next week. Um, you know, we're getting close to a hundred episodes ahead. Can I think I think this is like number 80 maybe right now. So we're, we're getting up there. Savannah. Thank you, Savannah, for recommending clue or giving us permission or a polite nudge to do this thing that we probably have always wanted to do. Um, yeah, I feel like it's, it's always been on our radar. I mean, we, we've talked about clue quite a bit on our PLL podcast. So. Yeah. Well, we, yeah, constantly and things we work on privately, we're always referencing clue, but like, uh, I, I think one of the things that we get mired in, cause there was like the first iteration of headcanon and now there's like this newer iteration. And it's like, we've always kind of talked about like, well, who actually is the, the user base <laughs> who are the listeners of headcanon? Cause certain episodes, get listened to and certain episodes don't um and it's sometimes i i wonder if like the ones that we enjoy doing more are the ones that don't get listened to <laughs> you mean like the hate watch versus the well the a little bit we but like. just like just, just general downloads you know um i mean i don't want to hate watch everything but i don't know i don't know how fun it is sometimes when we just gush with love over horny classics from our youth i feel like uh, the from the feedback we've got it's usually the our listeners prefer a good mix they don't. They don't want to listen to like five episodes in a row of us trashing something. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but it's, I mean, it's like, fun now and then. Sometimes we'll do like these beloved '80s movies, and it's like some of those we just know most of our user base are not going to <laughs> check in for. Like you know, we keep joking about like Roadhouse, and I just don't know how many people are going to show up for our five-hour episode about Roadhouse. Um, but like, there's not always good newer movies for us to go, you mm-hmm. know, dive into. True. True. All right, well, yeah, we'll figure something out. Be back in a couple weeks for that. Uh, In the meantime, if for some reason you listen to this podcast and you haven't checked your PLL feed in a while, uh, we did start doing PLL podcasts again um, Mm -hmm. once a month in the build-up to The Perfectionist. So we'll have one new Mm -hmm. one of those out next week. Yep. Until then, have a good one. Yeah, happy Halloween, creeps. (laughs) Bye-bye.